Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I have some things I want to share with you before we get started. I hope that I'm broadcasting okay with you. We've been having some issues uh, with the service right now. So if I sound funny to you, if I sound broken up, or if I start sounding funny and broken up at any time during the show, please let me know right away, and I can try to connect or correct the situation. And if by chance at some point during the show, all of a sudden everything just, you don't hear me talking anymore, everything goes blank, just hang tight, dance a jig, do whatever you want. I will be right back with you on the air. I will be reconnecting to the show in a different way, and we will pick up from there. So just be forewarned of those two things, okay? I want to take a moment before we get started. Um, Marsha Nelson, both a friend and a member of our writing community, has left us. But in her passing, um, she leaves behind the most beautiful fingerprints on all of us that she's ever touched. And everyone, her spirit will forever continue to touch, both through her echo and her family, who carries her walk with them, in our own hearts, her friends, touched in such amazing ways, and all those she is still yet to touch through the expressions of herself she's scattered out in the world through her writings. I want to share the last two things she posted with us on Facebook with you. The first, I think, explains the beautiful aura of her heart and the way she so amazingly walked through this world in her own brand of perfect grace. It's a poem by Aldous Huxley, and it goes like this. It's dark because you're trying too hard. Lightly, child, lightly. Learn to do everything lightly. Yes, feel lightly, even though you're feeling deeply. Just lightly let things happen and lightly cope with them. So throw away your baggage and go forward. There are quick sounds all around you, sucking at your feet, trying to suck you down into fear and self-pity and despair. That is why you must walk so lightly, my darling, on tiptoes and no luggage, not even sponge bag, completely unencumbered and through everything that she went through I believe that she was that was her heart she walked lightly through life and touched deeply and so I just wanted to share that with you because it was important to her it was important enough to her to share that with us and then secondly I wanted to share this and this was her last post and she said I am the mother of an African-American male My son matters. Because I know how much her family means to her. I want to promise her, Marsha, your son does matter. And we will all do our best. And even in our best, push further still to make this world a safe place for your son. And for all sons and all daughters. 
Thank you, Marcia, for being a light in our hearts that will never extinguish. We will keep you forever with us. All right. On to announcements. I want to move my papers so I can see what I'm doing here. I want to give you the phone number in case you'd like to call in and share with us tonight. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and share. If you're interested in doing a writer's workshop with us, you can do so. Shoot me a message on Facebook. It would probably be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, it's Nyla, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you'd like to put together. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to host one of these. Basically, we all have something to teach, and we all have something to learn from each other. So let me know what you'd like to put together. These workshops can be anywhere from a half an hour to three hours long, depending on what you need. We can record them, pre-record them, or I help you uh, do a pre-recording of the show. If you want to pre-record them on your computer, send me the mp3 file that works amazingly we upload them and we're able to share them if you want to do a combination of both do one do it partly pre-recorded and part live so that we can uh you know talk to the audience and have some feedback if you want to just do a whole thing live so whatever you want to do just shoot me a message let me know what you want to put together and we will get that set up we have a songwriting one how to turn poetry into music and how that's done and why it you know, just how it's done. I'm not going to go into a bunch of details because that's what the workshops were. Um, yeah, we have that coming up with John Kays. And uh, real excited about that one. We're getting it put together now. So, yeah, get those ideas over to me. Let's get those workshops done. Next, I want to thank our sponsors. And I was panicking before the show because once I'm going to have to, like, super glue this. I have this tattooed on my hand. But then I don't know what I would do next year. Oh, I got another hand. But I don't know what I'd do the year after that. I could do it on the bottom of my foot maybe. Our sponsor list. <laughs> I want to share our 2020 broadcasting license sponsors. Those of you who stepped up to the plate and donated some dollars to help us keep our show on the air for another year. Those people are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Richard Ward, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, and James, a.k.a. one, also known as One Sapien, and Colm Kennedy-Hulm. I want to thank all of you for spon- helping sponsor the show this year and just appreciate you guys. The next thing, i got to breathe. That was rough to get through at the beginning. Let's breathe for a second. Okay. What I would like to do is go over your writing assignments and all that fun stuff. So make sure you get out your pencil, your pen, paper, so you can get these written down. If you happen to miss anything I go over, don't worry. You can listen to the archive, the podcast at the end of the show, and start and stop and write to your heart's content. Get these written down. All right, your journal assignments are journal assignments for reason because they want them written in a journal, a spiral notebook, something. I want this pen and paper. I don't want this back lit on a screen. I don't want it on your phone or your tablet or whatever. I want your hand. I want that physical, tangible connection between your brain and the paper and the flow of ink or the, the scratch of the pencil. All right, these, please. At least these these the, the exercises, the journal, or excuse me, the journal assignments. Do those in your notebooks or your your journals, whatever. The first one 
is actually we gave you a journal assignment for the year. And the reason these are written in your journal is because they aren't meant to get posted or anything like that. They're just meant for your collection, for you to, your little thoughts, right? But what we wanted you to do for the year is to write a haiku every single day. Look around your day. Pay attention to the things you see, the things you smell, the things you touch, what you hear. And find something every single day worth 17 syllables. All right. By the end of the year and your year starts today, or if you don't do it till tomorrow, your year starts tomorrow. <laughs> if you miss a day, I don't care. Just keep going. Start up again. Um, at the end of the year, you're going to have 365 haiku. You're going to be able to pick out between 30 and 60 maybe really good ones and have a book put together. Don't worry if you don't do a haiku every day. Get those thoughts down. What if you happen to think of something and you write it down and it's only 16 syllables? That's great. Fine. Awesome. You can go back and add another syllable by changing the word around later. The important thing is just to get them down every single day. These little poetic hiccups that come into our brains. All right. 17 syllables every day. The next thing for your journal assignment is your weekly journal assignment. And we have been doing rambling catalysts. And this is kind of free writing. But I start you out with a thought. So at the top of your page, I want you to write the sentence. And then we go from there. And I've been taking these first lines out of some of the greatest novels ever written. So starting with this opening sentence from uh, Ralph Sabatini's book, uh, Scarmouche, written in 1921. I want you to write this sentence, and I love this one. He was born with a gift of laughter and a sense that the world was mad. Write that sentence and then just keep writing. Whatever thought comes next, whatever thing you think of, whatever, and write for at least 10 minutes, anything that comes to mind. By writing the sentence, he was born with a gift of laughter and a sense that the world was mad. And just keep going, whatever comes to mind. Ten minutes, free writing. All right. Next thing, writing exercise. Writing exercise is different than, than uh, your writing assignment. Your writing assignment is one-on-one -on -one private time with your brain. This is pushing you out of comfort zones. Exercises are meant to make you sweat. They're meant to be uncomfortable. They're meant to stretch those muscles. The more you grow, the more things you introduce, the more input you have, the more output you will have. It is essential to always push yourself. So for the year, your writing, ex writing exercise was to go out and do something every single week. I don't care if it's for a whole weekend or if it's for 15 minutes. Go out and do something surprising. Hang on one moment. I can't mute myself. This is crazy. Care. We don't always do it pretty. We just do it. Okay. So go out and do something surprising, something you haven't done in a while, something that is different than your norm, than your normal routine. Push outside of those comfort zones in your life. You have to have those experiences. You have to have new things stimulating you to keep you productive as a writer, as anything, anybody creative. All right. You're writing exercise for the week. We are been, we've been writing two scenarios, per se, and I kind of want you to climb out of your brain on these. Get away from the idea that, that you're just a poet. You're much more than just a poet. You are a writer. And so I want you to explore different ways of writing. And doing that, all of these things are going to make you a richer poet. So 
in this, we're steering you away from writing poetry. Instead, I want you to write like a short story. And if you just have to push the envelope, maybe a narrative prose, something along those lines. I don't want you to overthink it. I just want you to spit it out and, you know, keep going until you're done writing about this. This is a little bit more thought, though, than you would do in a free write because you're writing to a topic. But if you get to a point where, you know, you you think, oh, wait, I should have done this, then just write a line on the paper and go off in that other direction. You know, just keep writing, let that flow keep going. You know, don't sit there and, and try to piece it all together perfectly the first time. So what I would like you to do in this one is I want you to write about a, a specific time in history through letters. You know, the amazing thing about history writing is you have to really know the times you're writing about researching things like you know like this is it's like this amazing rabbit hole you fall down when you start researching exploring and discovering things and learning things and how the relationship and their influence on each other would be you know in an era and it makes it really fun for being able to create this incredible you know piece of writing that's Nostalgic, I guess, is the way to say. We all have one of those last week, too, nostalgic exercise. Nostalgic exercise. So, you know, learning new things, doing things like this, doing a little bit of research on what you're writing. You know, it's going to give you more things to write about. Like I said, always having that input. You know, and, and think about it. Learning new things is the most powerful weapon you can hone. Most powerful skill. That is your greatest strength is the ability to learn new things. The more you have in your brain, the more powerful you are. All right. So write about a spe specific time in history through letters. Now, with that said, are they, are they one-sided letters? Like the one time I bought in an auction, I bought this collection of letters that was written that a husband had saved. They were written to him by his wife while he was over uh, in wherever he was, I don't remember where he was, um, but he was in the military, military during World War II. And they were all the letters his wife had written to him. And so the letters were all one-sided. And that was pretty interesting because the story had to be told with gaps missing. So, but I could tell, I could understand things that he would have put in his because the response is in hers. So that is a really cool challenge to write them with one-sided letters and to be able to tell a coherent story through them. So that's one way you could approach it. Um, you know, perhaps you can pair up with someone and trade a series of letters back and forth. So, you know, it, it's kind of fun that way because you don't know what you're going to write next. So I write you this letter and then you write me a letter back. Oh, I don't know what news you're going to have for me. So then, you know, you really play off each other. And that's a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great writers on this show. So just, shoot someone a message say hey let's let's try this let's write a series of six letters you can each write three letters there's no time limit i'm you're not getting graded on punctuality here these are just things to work on your brain but pair up with somebody and maybe trade you know a series of three letters back and forth however many you want you can write them forever if you want to is a series of unanswered letters you know, how do they, being unanswered letters, obviously it's something this person keeps sending letters for. So how do they progress or escalate or deflate or change? What makes them change? Talking about historic events. Okay, so here you have somebody living in Pompeii who's complaining about their shipment of goats being late. Well, 
through historic events, how could those letters change? <laughs> letters in history, um, letters to history itself. How about that? Or, you know, writing letters to the writers of history. Or this, how about this? Writing letters to yourself that the future you left behind. And so throughout your life, you're finding letters to yourself during important moments in your history. So letters, the future you wrote to the past you as they were going through these important moments in your own history. So have fun with that. You know, think of the different ways you could approach it. What subjects are you going to cover? How is it going to, you know, how is it going to play out? And remember, again, you're not just a poet. Write outside your label and you will become a better poet because of it. Again, write about a specific time in history through letters. Now, exercises. You have two. Your, or this is, that was your first one. <laughs> this is your second one. <laughs> All right. I want you to, this is called pick apart a prompt. And I want you to write the prompt at the top of the page and then starting a list, the start a list of all the different thoughts, ideas, and directions, you can take the prompt. This is not intended with you to write a poem to, but instead to make you realize that what you do with a prompt before you write to it can be more important than what you actually write. Deeper into the prompt and trying not to write to it, your first knee-jerk reaction to it, by looking deeper inside of it, it becomes something altogether different. It can become anything, and you can really discover some unique perspectives when you push yourself to find them, because they are in there. So your pick apart prompt this week is pockets. So again, write the prompt at the top of the page, and then start a list of all the different thoughts, ideas, directions. You can take that prompt, you know, ways it could be used as a metaphor, or stand in for something, or all the different things it could become the face of, or the voice of, or even the shadow of, right? Again, the prompt is pockets, pockets. And always remember to keep your notebook handy. So you write these down when you think of them. You know, don't wait till later. Always write down your random thoughts as they play out in your head because you'll forget them. If you wait 10 minutes, you'll forget them. Now that I've totally taken you away from writing prompts, I would like to, or writing poems, I want to bring you right back into writing poems with your poetry prompts. Poetry prompts are seeds planted. You know, they can they they are intended to grow into a poem. But with that said, they can either be the title of, it can be a sentence in, or the general concept of your poem. But they do need to grow into a poem. So number your paper one through four because there are four of them. You know, notice they're worth used to be only one, and then I did three. And now I'm putting another fourth one in there. But you get super extra cool kudo points. And trust me, I do have speakeasy kudo points that I can post on your page when the need arises. Cookies, speakeasy cookies, whatever you want. If you use all of these prompts in one poem. So, you know, that's a kind of a fun thing to do. Remember, I was talking about pick apart a prompt. Look at each one and figure out all the ways you can, all the different ways you could write about it. And then choose one of those, the most interesting one to you, and then write your poem on it. And then take them all again and mix them together and see how you could use those in a completely different poem. So have fun playing with these. I've really, I've really had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks finding these, putting these together, thinking of these um, now that there's more than one. So this is all for my amusement and just more work for you. How can you not like that? 
Your first poetry prompt is On Burning Rocks. On Burning Rocks. Number two, Sparrow Child. Sparrow Child. Number three, Slow Falling Rain. Slow Falling Rain. And number four, A Stopping Place. A Stopping Place. So one on Burning Rocks, two Sparrow Child, three Slow Falling Rain, and four a stopping place. All right. Our last one. Next but not lastly. Lastly but not next and lastly. That's what it is. That's my line borrowed poetry prompt. And this comes from uh, Mama Oladeji and Larry Maddock. Because both of them have books or poems titled The Book of. Mama's is The Book of O and The Book of Larry. So I want you to write a poem called The Book of Blank. Now, as a fun twist to this, you can have your name in there like The Book of Nyla, kind of like The World According to Garp, you know, The Book of Nyla. Or you can you can write a book called The Book of Nyla. <laughs> Pick someone other than yourself and write a book, you know, a friend of yours, your mother, The Book of My Mother. Uh, and, and talk, you know, write a poem about your mom, something along those lines. Amazing poets and their poems. There you go. That's it for the week. Remember, play with your ideas, play with your words, have fun with your tasks, your ideas and your thoughts, and they in turn will have fun with you. Next thing we're going to do is play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with an audio by one of you, a spoken word piece. If you are a recording artist and you would like to have those uploaded to the show's library and played for the world, you can email them to me. The word that is in the email email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3 file, audio file, audio track, something like that in the subject line for me. And as I said, we can get those uploaded to the show's library and play them. And I would love to be able to do that. All right. The piece that I'm going to start the show with is by Eddie Oliver, and it's called She Prays. Here we go. dedicate this poem, man, to any female out there that's going through an abusive relationship. I call it She Prays. She walks around with a pound of foundation on her face, man, just to hide those bruises. You ask her how it happened. She comes up with more and more excuses. Trying to hide the fact that she's in a relationship, man, that's so abusive. Like, like I can Or like two fighters stepping in the ring at a Las Vegas arena, man. This is what her life is like pretty much every day. You see, she's dealing with a husband who don't love her no more. And she insists that, uh, she insists that she's going to stay. Not run away, not... not not just for their children's sake, but because she believes. She believes in her and her husband. Somehow, some way, 
Back to the way it used to be. Back, back, back to the way before things went awry, before their romance went astray. At least this is what she believes. And every night, every night, man, this is what she prays while she weeps. Right before she sleeps, she prays. She be like, Lord, just take this other man away and bring me back my husband, uh, the one that used to be so sweet, uh, the one that used to romance me and sweep me off my feet, uh, the one that used to love me unconditionally and make me complete instead of this imposter, and instead of this monster that, that punches me in the face and brings me to my knees, Lord, please help me, help him love me again. Whatever sin I did to him, Lord, let, let him know that I, I still want to be his friend. I, I took a vow to love, to death do us apart, and that's what's in my heart, and that means until the end. That means, that means until the end. But hence a day later, man, she catches another beat down. But instead of getting right back up, Time, y'all. She stays down. She stays down. She stays down because she she's too tired to go another round. She's too tired. She's she's tired of the pound for pound, toe to toe, blow for blow. This wanna be pimp, beating her like she's his garden tool. She's had enough of this food. Lord, take this other man away and bring me back my husband, uh, the one that used to be so sweet, the one that used to romance me and sweep me off my feet, uh, the one that used to love me unconditionally and make me complete instead of this imposter, instead of this monster that, that punches me in the face and brings me to my knees, Lord, please. She prays, Lord, give me strength to, to leave this man before I have to kill this man, before this lifestyle, because this lifestyle I can no longer stand, Lord, help me, help me, help me, please.
That was Eddie Oliver with She Praise. Once again, if you are a spoken word artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can email those to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, T-H-E, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. We'll get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. Once again, the number to call in if you'd like to call in and read tonight is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. want to let you know if you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in. And I want to uh, let you know that it's – I'm sorry, I just got a message in. So, <laughs> wow, butterfly. There it goes. Um, <laughs> We do take callers in the order that you call in, so listen for your telephone area code. Once I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there in the world without your name on it. So make sure that you introduce yourself, please. You can read two poems to get started with. If that changes and the lines get too busy throughout the night, we may change that. When you're done reading... Make sure that you give your URL. You want people to know how to come find you, get to know you and your poetry better. And then please remember, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. We have a mature rating, not an adult rating, so no porn palms. Other than that, you are good to go. I am going to give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We have 731-984 and 419. I do want to let area code 407-414 and 757 know that you are not in the lineup if any of the three of you would like to come on and read tonight please press one if you're here just listening and hanging out welcome i'm glad you're here change your mind at any time you can press one and that will alert me to saying hey i want to come on the air and i'll say hey that's a great idea let's talk and i'll be able to bring you on all right so let's go ahead and grab our first caller for the night we have area code 731 731 you are on the air now, this will be Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. How are you this fine evening out in Oregon? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you this fine evening out in beautiful Firefly land? Fireflies are out and by the millions. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, took a walk, I took a walk in the woods the other night. Very, very little moon, whatever. And uh, just got out there and, and realized it, it was great. It was magnificent. And then one of them landed on my arm, and I ran to the house in terror. Holy terror. <laughs> you know, what's really funny is I know that you like taking walks. Okay. And I've seen pictures of your yard off your front porch. And whenever I think of you, fireflies are one of the things that instantly, you know, how you associate, you always talk about, I talk about knee-jerk reactions. So if somebody said, write a poem about Michael, there would be fireflies in it because that is the first thing, that's one of the, my, the strong images that I relate to you. So well, That's great. <clears throat> yeah, every time I think of fireflies, I think about you. The first time All I right, ever um, saw fireflies, i got to share this with you, though. Wait, hang on, hang on. First time right. I ever saw fireflies, I was out in Alabama. And at little Grandma Willie's house, who taught me how to make chess pie. I'm sure you know what chess pie is, being from the South. I make chocolate, I make chocolate chess pie myself. Oh, yummy. I love chess pie, but I don't like chocolate, so I guess we eat our own pies. Finally, finally have something come between us. 
Um, but the first time I saw him, right, so I see him out in the, and it's just like, I was like, oh, you know me. <laughs> All of a sudden, my whole brain wasn't just twirling. It was like a cyclone in there. I was so excited. And I, I made George run in the house and grab me a mason jar because I was going to go out and, and catch fireflies. And, and I go out there and they tell him, you know, be, be careful because the, the chicklets will get you. And, and then I get all scared because I don't want chicklets to get me. And I came back and I said, what's a chicklet? What's a chicklet? And they said, no, not chicklets. Chiggers, you silly girl. I'll let the chiggers get you. <laughs> but I go running out in this field and I'm grabbing all these fireflies. trying to. And then I learned you have to let the firefly fly into the jar. You, don't, you can't catch a firefly and all this stuff. And it was so magical and so great. And I went back up to the porch. George was having his family union was going on. And there were all these kids running around. And they grabbed the jar. My fireflies opened it up popped them in their fingers and smeared it on their face like glow sticks and ran around like Indians. I was so, you should have seen my face. It was like somebody popped the world like a bubble. It was horrible. They, they popped my fireflies and made them into glow-in-the-dark war paint. It was horrible. It was traumatic. I just thought I'd share that. Do you feel closer to me now? Do you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> <clears throat> But I love the thought of one landing on your arm and you running squealing like a little girl. That just tickles me. You have no idea. I don't like bugs. <laughs> I don't like bugs. We we had a war on my back porch night before last between one of my cats, a raccoon, and the biggest loon moth I've ever seen. And, <gasps> and it went on it went on for like fifteen minutes, and it was bad. But uh, I've seen okay those. Now. Like their wings are as big as each wing was like as big as your hand. It was like two hands stuck together. They're huge. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel your pain. So how Thank are you, you doing, Michael? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Uh, kind of sad because friend of mine passed away. That you brought that up. Uh, Marsha Nelson brought that up earlier. And uh, I wrote I wrote an account of a gathering we had, uh, people from the Speakeasy Cafe, many of them, the MySpace people. This was at New Year's Eve at the end of 2012, and it's uh, when we all got together in Boston. And there's about 40 people in this. Uh, you have to really be hardcore Speakeasy to recognize everybody. Uh, but Benalla in there is you. And the mic is me, and uh, and the Marsha is, is Marsha Nelson who passed away yesterday. So I thought it would be kind of cool to kind of bring this back. And uh, we call this twirling. Side step, slide step, glide across familiar track, hand on hip, hand on skirt to avoid a crack. Humming softly, keeping time, helps to keep cadence intact. From a distance, stunning mime, soiree dance moves, inexact. Whirling, twirling, across her chosen route. Sure of every step, never a cause for doubt. One more pirouette, just for good measure. She enters the hall, an evening of leisure. Welcome to Q's Sports Bar and Grill, a late-night sensation. Quig, the consummate host, dressed for Red Sox Nation. No need for a menu tonight. All is catered to the max. 
wine, and fine cuisines, as well as standard attractions. Now let's usher in to a greeting worthy of Norm's cheer. And now she's in the house. The party down is on and on. No lecturing or spotlights employed. None of that is needed. It's friends and friends to be gathered for a New Year's Eve. Gary and Nolene come early, saying they could not stay late. Nyla introduced him to Stacy right off that cannot wait. Jack and Anthony have not missed this party in all the years. Soldier Blue and Catherine are running late, but they'll be here. Kathleen spots Stevie Ray across the room, tracks him down. He says, Cat, how you been? Been a while since I was around. He and James shake hands, one to the other, partners in rhyme. Had they not made it tonight, well, that would have been a crime. Marcia is talking Mike into a game of shuffleboard table. She has other plans, but says she will stay as long as she is able. Marcia calls for competition, call answered by Lucy and Jay Renee. They're a team no matter what and never pass on a challenge. Luna makes and raises the stakes, taking bets from all comers. Quig says to Luna, you can't make book here in old Boston. How you figure, Q-Man, are we not standing at a sports bar? Don't you bet on the Patriots when you're sure they'll go far? An hour later, Andy and Julie see arrive from across the border. Snow did not hinder the drive. For them, snow has made the order. It is nine at night now, and the party's rolling, full-blown. Stormy Gales made the rounds twice, the best time she's known. No featured speakers, because if there were, how to choose. I guess they could draw names from a hat, no way to lose. Even so, authors everywhere are talking about various books. Meg expanding on a children's story, getting affirming looks. This appeals to Julie, who promptly expounds upon her inner child. Bill is more than entertained, as inner child is just his style. Sean and Charlie listen intently. I mean, who could abstain? Even Carlos is all in over this happy tale, not written in pain. By 10, the shuffleboard has gotten way past serious weave. Marcia says, Mike, we are losing, but I have a trick up my sleeve. Mike says, by the way, I thought you had a big date planned. Marcia ignores him, sees Daryl, and whispers, that's my man. She quietly asks Umi Debbie to go summon Daryl over her way. Umi eased over to Daryl, repeating what Marcia had to say. Marcia should have detailed as Uma came back with Daryl Ross when she saw Uma had the wrong Daryl. Marcia feared a loss. Dale saw this, told Luna she knew a ringer when she saw one. And Daryl Ross said, I'm in. So how do you play this game? Marcia asked, what's wrong with Mike other than his play sucks? Marcia blamed all the leaning. Mike pulled a muscle in his butt. Gregory said, bad news for Mike. That's where he keeps his brain. The group exploded in laughter regarding Mike's unique strain. Romeo added this, yeah, no fair making fun at Mike's expanse. Pretty embarrassed joke about what's in his pants. Meanwhile, over by the buffet as they approached the 11th hour, Linda observed there was enough food to serve a bazaar. All good, offered Janine, but this salsa is spicy even for me. Vicky said she hoped Michael would share his favorite recipes. With that, Daryl and Vicky shared what you might call a look. Daryl started talking about them writing an acrostic cookbook. Love Doc said he knew this was a prescription for success, and Catherine agreed, said, we must surely put this to the test. And back at the shuffleboard arena, Lucy held the last puck in hand. Mike sat in a chair playing hurt, asked, 
Marcia, your plans? She surmised, hey, I decided I'd rather ring it in with you. For a moment, I was right in their world, but that wouldn't do. Their silence was shattered as Lucy let fly her remaining puck. She knocked Marcia's off while Lucy stayed on. Darn the luck. A cheer rose up. You could hear all the way to Kingston Station. Marcia's slack job, fit to be tied, approached a near conniption. And just like that, she told Mike to pay Luna her $5. And when he did, that brought another round of screams and hollers. To add injury to Mike's faked injury, destined according to plan, Luna and Renee high-fiving, shouting, Who the man? We the man. At the bar, Quig let the room know he had a surprise guest. He was instant messaging with Cy, up for an early breakfast. Philpott was there to help them usher in the new year, UK style. Let the snogging begin. Well, not now, but in a little while. Timing, as any good poet will surely contend. And it was just about time for New Year's count to begin. Debbie cued the boombox. Almost time to play all Lang Syne. Boone said he was ready to spin. It's a favorite of mine. Those in the room counted, Dick Clark style, three, two, one. For many, the celebration situation had already begun. Robbie was nose-to-nose with Nyla, but a latch, he missed his mark. Debbie slid in at the last instant, got Nyla first for a lark. As the refrain from that Guy Lombardo song died came to an end, Debbie looked to Boone and gave a wink, let the dance begin. Brick house, an Ohio player's fire rocked down the room. Robbie quite the stepper said, Play that funky music, White Boom. An hour later, the party was winding down. Thirteen finally here. The crowd filed out in twos and threes, heading to who knows where. Scattered party hats and favors strewn about, no longer adorning. Quig said not to worry. He'd deal with that in the morning. Boomy closed it out with, it's just another New Year's Eve. After his mantle of standard, he disappeared. It was his cue to leave. When all said and done, Nyla and Q were left to close the show. They wouldn't have it any other way because that's how they roll. Stacy was waiting on her in the parking lot, warming the rental. Those New England nights get cold, especially post-December. Her holiday evening was ending as quietly as it had begun. On her way out, Nyla glanced at Lucy's pug and said, That sure looks like fun. Stepping into the night air fresh and clean, even in the city, she reflecting on an evening used to herself, isn't it a pity we can't do this more often? Still thankful for what went down, she made her way along the south side of old Boston town, and she went whirling, twirling across the icy cement, maybe adding a new step she is compelled to invent. When all else fails, she knows as she begins her ascent. Twirling is the only thing that always makes perfect sense. It is indeed. Twirling makes everything better. Everything. Except for vertigo. But that could be even better, too. I love that piece. I'm so glad you shared it tonight. You know, it's it's, 2013. You know, and that that's halfway through our stint. We've been around for a long time, Michael. Oh, yeah. Think of the thing. Seriously, think about if you and I did a show where we're just, we just bullshit about the history of the speakeasy. All the things that we've seen, all the people we've been exposed to. I mean, you were here before the beginning. You were here before the first show. 
Well, kind of, yeah. You were. I I remember. Well, you were, weren't you? Before this, before we did our first show, you were on Facebook or MySpace with me. Uh, or was I already was I already doing the show? You're already doing the show. Was I? I think so. We met in 2007. See, see, that tells you how long I've been doing the show. My memory's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I was introduced to you by uh, Lainey. Lainey. By, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she she was just telling me about you. Like you you need to go get her. You need to go invite her to to uh, something we had going. I can't remember just what it was. It was a, a pimping type blog. We used to do those. She said you need to go invite her. So that's that's how I showed up. You know, I really want to do something with you again. I don't know how or in what capacity really missed being a part of that. And sometimes I need a poke. So if you think of a poke, I need a poke, but not the lonesome dove kind of poke. Well, I might need that too, but, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. I'm stopping. That's good because I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what? Lonesome Dove, the po- yeah, that's what they'd always say when they were going into the tap, the saloon to see the, the floozy girls. Then I'll go get me a poke. Wow. See, now you know. Now you know something new. You have expanded your brain and have something new. And someday you're going to use that in a poem because you just learned yeah. something new. You're smarter now because of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Michael. Thank you so much for being here tonight, and thank you for sharing that piece. It was, you know, so many names, some people that are still around, and some that I haven't heard from in a long time, and it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, hugs to you just for being who you are to me. Well, thank you, Kylie. You know what time it is now? Yes, you do. It's time for Michael to step aside and make room for the real poets. Good night, Nyla. Good night, Michael. Love you, honey. Marsha Nelson, we love you dearly. You are going to be so missed. I just wanted to reiterate that with you on the air because I know how close the two of you were. We were good friends. She was great. Fantastic. I never like talking in past tense. You know, bodies are organic, but the souls are not. You know, the the bodies finally go, we're out and go, but she hasn't gone anywhere. She is still here with us. She is still here as strongly with us as she was yesterday. I never knew her body, but I know her soul. I know her heart. And those are the things that I'm going to keep alive inside me for her because she's amazing. You know, she was an incredible, incredible woman. That's why I said in the beginning when I said she carried, you know, she walked with her, her own brand of perfect grace. Because she was unique and original and just, she was one of a kind. Well, too bad was just eased by our show. There's a lot of people dropping off comments and whatever. It's uh, www.facebook.com, and then it's Nelson Marsha. Search her name backwards, N-E-L-S-O-N-M-A-R-S-H-A. Quite a few people left their regards over there. Yeah. And I will post that on my page for everybody too when we uh, okay. I get a break in the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for thank you for being here and starting the show out on such an amazing note. All right. Thank you. Have a nice evening. 
You're welcome, baby. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Love that man. All right, next caller, 840. 840, you are on the air. 840, are you with me? Oh, wait, not 840. Why did I say I have 984, though. 984 should be with me. You be... Wait a minute, let's, let's try this again so they can hear the unmute because I muted them just as I started talking because that was brilliant. 984, you're on the air. You be the guru of poetry. <laughs> as the Star Wars dude would say, I, you know, the guy that's all got the shriveled skin and he's like the guru. He's like, he talks backwards, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yoda. You, you'll be that. Yeah, Yoda. Yeah. You be you know, poet guru. <laughs> you you are not the first person to say I've been being told my entire life that I talk inside out and backwards. So excited I am. Yeah, because <laughs> cause see, you know, like you know, I I said that for a reason because like you gave all these like uh, delirious fucking uh, objects of uh, poetry, and I guess you know, I guess I, I'm not going to say that I don't explore that intuition I, I do but I do it personally you know but when like somebody like you know this is your job this is your vein this is your you know your prompt this is your speakeasy I get a little bit conspicuous you know but but I love it when you do it because you do it with such finesse it's like okay look at man this is the way it's going to roll I be I be Yoda you be poet <laughs> I got you. <laughs> oh my god! I always laugh when I hear the first thirty minutes of your of your show, giving all those prompts, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm I'm like, I'm 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 head styling freestyle. I'm like, I already got that one done. I already got that one done. I already got that one done. <laughs> and I'm like just fucking laughing my ass off, you know, because you're you're just so fucking disciplined at your show, you know. That's why you've been on for fucking 15 years, you know, <laughs> whatever it's been, yeah, you know. 14, yep. I wonder if I'm still going to be doing this show when I don't have any teeth. Uh, you know what, man? I wouldn't and we're worry all about those things. But, you I know, wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff, you know. Wouldn't that be awesome, though? It would be awesome. It would be, you know, and, you know, I'm, as, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a friend of ours, a mutual friend said, you know, hey, he's he's going to quit writing in 2020. And, and I saw your reply, you went, that motherfucker never going to stop writing, <laughs> you know, and, you know, because it's just the way it is, you know, but uh, we need to take breaks so, sometimes, you know, sometimes we really do. We have to step back and outside of ourselves and breathe. And sometimes we have to do other things. I don't write 24-7. I paint. I sculpt. I take photographs. I dig mountainsides out looking for dead things. You know, there's a lot of creative things that I do. Yeah. I climb trees looking for bird nests. It all all goes back to that fucking uh, either the tablet, the fucking uh, Android, the iPhone, typewriter. It always comes back to that because... You got to log those instances in your life because that's what you are. You're a writer. That's it. Just every degree of your life you you live is absolutely it just circumference of fucking writing. 
That's what it's all about. There's nothing you can do. You can't get away from it. You can't leave it. It's like, it's like, it's like a bad girlfriend that's gone wild. <laughs> she's got videos stripping naked through the fucking beach in Florida, and they're going like, hey, "I used to date that girl, but you know." But Reminds me of that song. It. As soon as you said that, I'm thinking, "Ah, oh, she's a crazy bitch, but she fucks so good. I'm on top of it." Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I think I've got that song stuck in my head. Now, thank you. <laughs> and, and not to not to just place on women out there that do crazy things, because I love women to do crazy shit. I I really do. I mean, you know, give me a normal girl, and I go, ah, I, <sighs> I I got a weekend at church that I got to do. <laughs> you know, and as an atheist, I feel like I got to get there, you know, just so I can learn something. But I don't want to hang with you, you know. But you put a crazy bitch in front of me, I'm like, and tattooed up. I'm it's, like, it's like it's like a drug, you know. Once yeah. once you've had crazy, you can never you can you can never go back to normal again. Absolutely. You know, yep. Gary Crosswhite. Yep. Gary Crosswhite. When I was 18, was my crazy. And my entire life, you know, that was the standard. And he, I mean, just insane. And and nothing, no, no blue, no, no white collar guy with a tie was ever, you know, I was ruined. He ruined me. Right. Once you go he to an amusement your, park he, and that he crazy. Tested your, he, just, tested your, he tested your module and he flicked that little katina, you know, inside you. Went, you know, I'll fucking stand for dirty boys, you know. And I get a lot but of see, that. See, I was too, his crazy you know? bitch too. So, and that's why exactly. we never stayed together because it was like two sparklers. We burned out each other out really fast. I dated him off and on my entire life. Every time he came right. around, it was like the carnival is in town. But man, was I was I, I I'd have to step off. You know, after a while, it was just, we was just crazy. We, oh, yeah, I wrote a piece. Yeah. I wrote a piece about something similar to that. But when, but it, it goes like this. I think it was called Ah, fuck it. I don't know. Um, but it, it, but one line is when the circus come to town, you know, and that's really what what um, relationships are ultimately like when the circus come to town because you don't know if it's an elephant in the room or a fucking lion in a cage or you know a fucking monkey that wants to throw shit at you all day long. You don't know. I've <laughs> <laughs> known a couple don't of those. Fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What were we talking about, Glenn? Uh, we Glenn, were talking Glenn about. Snow, oh yeah. So uh, I didn't introduce myself because everybody. Uh, okay, I'm Glenn Still. Facebook. That's where you can find me. Instagram. You can find me there. Um, social commentary. A poet writer. Um, I'll probably piss you off. So, you know, you can't probably friend me because I got five thousand plus. Uh, with followers, but um, they must love me, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to say this, man. If you want to follow me and read my shit, I guarantee you, you will get pissed off, and I expect you to do that, because I just don't fucking play games. I write. That's what I do. We could get dope sick off each other. I could catch you falling into mystery. I could reach hand down, retain me with further service. Baby, love me until tomorrow. You could strike a right cross pose. Take the best shot, baby. Baby, it. let me level out. Oh, baby girl, I heard you have ambitions of dying old with me. 
he can go the distance if you know how to travel light. Can't say where we're going. Can't send fireworks up to let everybody know where we're spending time. Got a few states. Got a few countries. We got to get through warrants and all that. No felonies, 18 to 30 days, maybe more in a dictatorship. I ain't worried. It's a fucking vacation. If I get caught, spend those days wisely. Let's escape. The great escape. Ditch it like a pandemic. Hold on. I'm on. Oh, fuck. I forgot. I'm on the no-fly list. I can't fly. However, I'm on the list of do not detain. You can feed me yours. I'll I'll intervise you line. This is not all on me. Hope you don't get dope sick, girl. Don't get dope sick. Lay back. Let this blood funnel into your system. Tie yourself down, idiot. Until you wake up, girl. Can you hear me now? Can, 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 can you hear me now? I need to shut the fuck up and listen and ask myself. Can, can, can I hear you now? Can I... Can I hear you now? You know, my favorite part of that was where you said, we can go the distance if you know how to travel light. That's really powerful. Yeah, when you're doing mountains and forests and shit like that, you got to travel light, you know. Just in in life, you know. That was called Dope Sick. My name is Glenn Still, and this is 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I think what we've what we brought out of this is the ability to travel like you know where you don't need a, all that shit that you thought you needed. You know, you, you really have have been able to parallel down and go. Wait a minute, man. I used to drink a fucking case of beer. Now I'm drinking twelve pack. You know, <laughs> or now I'm drinking a six pack, or whatever the fuck it is. You know, I mean, you just level down. You know, it's like uh, this poet that I knew back in the day, called the 10K poet. He's got this piece, and it starts out, "It's a level down, man," and it really is. It's it's us uh, coming to the conclusion that all that greed and all that, you know, that animosity, and like you know. This isn't by chance, by any means. I was just talking to a boy of mine, right? And he, he kind of lined out details of conspiracy. But he had a point, you know. This isn't all just for naught. It's, it probably is a design. Now, whoever designed it, I don't give a fuck who did it. But, you know, you got economic depression. You got the, you know, and then you got hate and murder by cops and, it just can't, it just, this is not superficial, you know, and uh, we as people are either going to get through it, we're going to get over it, or we're going to go back into the pyramid scheme, and we're going to start fucking everybody that comes around us because we want to be richer than they are. That's that's what I think, and I, that's a long time. You know, I really I mean, think, what I, you know what I see, I'm going to take a minute here, guys, forgive me, but, you know, you were talking about going back to that line, going back to that did I leave that pulled up? Where is that? Oh, we can go the distance if you know how to travel light. I think the reason that hit me so much is you think about the 50s, you know, coming out of World War II and everything was living the good life, living on easy street. You know, everybody 
you know, buying into the the Joneses and keeping up with the Joneses. And the eighties right. was like the eighties was like the the peak of decadence. You know, the the must have, the 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 gimme 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 generation. And then I think the nineties kind of that was that was the fucking uh, that was the timetable of fucking cocaine and all and and your and your little excess of everything. Your, you know, your, every everything bath, that just in your bathroom materialism in, in a club. Yeah, materialism yeah. to the degree. Madonna, material girl. That was a perfect description Un- of that era. Perfect. But then you look at the exactly. 90s, and all of a sudden things started to shift, and people couldn't afford all that stuff anymore. And now you look at this era, these kids coming up now, they are pissed off at the ones that have all the money. They are buying small houses. They are living minimalist lifestyles. They aren't buying into the I have to have all this bullshit. And I really think that that's – there's a lesson that think about the lives we could live if we were not trading every single moment we have for money so that we could live in this big house. Why? I don't need this big house yeah. and all these things sitting around me. They're things. I would much rather go out in the world and touch and dance and twirl and feel things. You know? Yeah, I had this conversation just, well, a while they're, back they're, about, they're, you know, what type of a house to buy or what type of, you know, what you could do if you didn't, you know tie yourself down to a huge mortgage and things like that. If you went small, if you, you know, think of, think of the things you could do if you weren't tied down to a dollar bill. I think that the world's really kind of going in that direction. And that makes me so happy. Yeah, me too. It goes back to a piece I wrote. I don't know the name of it, but it goes something that has these lines in it. And I can't quote them because I don't remember my, I don't remember the bullshit I write. But uh, it goes something like, uh, you know, uh, nothing is ever stolen. It's just given away. You know? mm-hmm. And and then the other line that I want to say was uh, um, um, they're just statues on on the, the mantle, okay, collecting dust. And, dict- and dictators don't – women and men don't rule the world. The dictators, the, the, the disengaged do, you know. So that's what we what we're finding out right now is like you know we've been fooled all this time that all this corruption and all this you know animosity and you know and you know whatever you want to label it as it's got a whole lot of names probably hundreds hundreds of definitions of what's going on and 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 maybe maybe it just might be maybe shit is going to change but. You know, I'm not a fucking big, I'm not a big lover on hope, you know, hope ain't, hope is just a, a manufacturer of your mind. Maybe she's more concerned with a kid. I respect that. How could I ever judge her for that kind of relativity, kind of maternal instinct claim? Zero adds up to nothing when she's gone. Parts of the world slowly start to dissipate. The notion of havoc, raises unfurled banners, the zip ties, hands tied behind services, tied behind back to back. I could blame her, but I won't. I'll just send flowers and words and letters and poems. The shaman constructs an avenue to a world far off. Hold on, vision. Vision is coming. Now, Ask me why. If I take a trip with my baby, if I do this, I'll never, well, maybe ever remain like that static jumper 
jumping every train that I've ever laid hands on, and I'll never stop jumping. I do this not for safety. I realize this is not for the normal. Eternal life is a curse. I'm ready now to take my punishment for loving you. Or at least as much as I can bear. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. As ready as ever could be. Citing the shaman clean. My name is Bun Still. That was awesome. I have to learn when to shut up when you when because you never tell me you're starting. You just go. <laughs> you yeah, love and you love good. doing that. You're such a little shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things that. about you. <laughs> oh man, let me beat this channel down and let me listen in. Get some other poets on here. Awesome. All right, baby. Thanks for coming on and sharing. Appreciate you. All right, Appreciate I love you, you Love you yeah. too, sweetheart. All right. All right, honey. Talk to you soon. All righty. Our next caller, next three callers, I'll go ahead and give those. We have 419 219 951. And then we also have 414 and 757. You guys are not in the lineup. If you want to come on the air, please press one. All right. Let's go ahead and grab 984984. You're on the air. Nine eight four, are you with me? Hello. You you still got me on. Oh, oops, sorry. Bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know you love. Yeah, I, I love you, but yeah, okay. All right. Sorry, Glenn. All right, next caller four one nine four one nine. You're on the air. Four one nine, are you with me? Dun dun dun. Four one nine. Unmute your phone. I cannot hear you. Where are you? I know you're here. I'm just going to sing to you and tell you. There you are, Agent 419. I was just going to keep singing until you got here. <laughs> I don't know what happened because my I had my headphones on, but I kept hearing it beep, so I bet you that my batteries are going on it. <laughs> Uh-oh. You better read fast then. Well, I no, I, I switched them off and just turned it on my phone. Can you hear me, though, on my phone? I can hear you. Really well. Okay, good. Good. Okay, good. I just want to make sure because that never happened before. I guess I got to plug them in. <laughs> okay. I have one poem, but it's kind of, it's 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 lengthier, so I don't want to do the two, but if I could do the one, that'd be cool. Um, no, you have, you have to do two. I have to? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I'm having, I'm having, at the end. I'm having, I'm having line issues, so I'm, I'm kind of milking you here. <laughs> okay. Well, I, well, this one I wrote, um, it's actually about life and introspection and got friends that are in the hospital actually right now. So I'm thinking of them, um, my friend and my boyfriend and thinking about my husband that passed away and then thinking about introspection, meaning like myself that one day we'll all be there. So that's kind of what this poem is about. A little bit, a little bit about everybody, and it's called the fragility of life. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Life is as fragile as a flower. Sometimes it blooms, other times it wilts. Sunshine promotes growth. Reminder of brighter days ahead. Pain strikes the heart, telling myself it is only temporary. That this too shall pass, in hopes it doesn't last. 
I see clouds parting. I see the rainbow appear. The sun, it starts glistening on the rain droplets, symbolizing tears accumulated on the grass. Time is of the essence. Time, it means so much to make the most of every day, to always keep yourself in touch, to remain grounded, traversing your destined path. We all meet for a purpose. Our reasons be are meant to last. The sunshine, it entices our inner child, bringing them out to stay around for a while. Our past days of youth revisited upon the memories of the reminisced. The states of mind are traveled, flash forward, flash back, flash ahead, fall behind. Who really knows what the future holds? It is our past that can be relived. In our minds exist opportunities of growth to deal with our past for our future to cope. Characters are built upon the riches of the lives that we have lived. We learn we are the student of our own experiences. Becoming the teacher with years of age, adults educating the youth. Life is to learn. We learn to live. Living means to love. Love means we give. From our hearts, no matter the cost, the gift of ourselves can never be lost. For we remain the memory imprinted on the lives of others, planting our footprints, how we touched their souls, how we loved our brothers. We all share this journey. Our embarkment is our ride in that we and all are here in this moment of time. Life, it keeps on a moving forward one day at a time. To regret nothing means a life fulfilled, to keep it real and to always be thankful for each and every single day. Today I had an epiphany. Today I live in prophecy. Our lives are lived in destiny, preordained. I am awakened here today, gone tomorrow, never knowing our time until it is upon us. We live, we love, we learn, we grow, we become. We, the uneducated, become life educated. The past, our past never leaves us. The shadows that haunt, some shadows remain. The future looks promising on the surface, but just for today. Reality strikes a chord somewhere deep inside. We cannot escape our life. We cannot hide. But to face the reality of our own truth, to face the grimness of our own demise, eventually this happens to all of us. We are all a part of life's will call, challenging that tomorrow again will come, that we may face yet another day. Have you thought of your finality? The answer to the question, do you want to resuscitate? Life hanging by a thread, life having to face our final fate, understanding something, yet some unclear thoughts run through your head. Why the question, is my end drawing near? Is this only customary to ask? And what the hell am I doing here? Searching for God in an empty room, looking inside myself, I heard of his existence. Does he dwell inside of me? Will he be there in my final hour of need when no one else can because of COVID-19? Life, it comes and it goes but it was also lived, every day a breath taken, slowly that breath over time escapes, oxygen only providing comfort temporarily, yet it feels so foreign, the air, the end of days they draw near, life up to this point lately has been a blur, sticking strong to only who and what I know, life is changing quickly, will I be remembered when it is my time to go? The angels of death await me, I can hear the bells toll, calling out my name and number, as if they already had known. Fragility is a prison, my mind behind bars, with only glimpses of what is real. The rest of my days are scattered, trying to fit the pieces together, growing more and more confused. I know something just isn't right. I cannot pinpoint my thoughts clearly tonight. What comes, what may, my life, my plight, hanging in between the known and the unknown, the realities yet unseen. This is my life, what was expected to be. Please don't shed a tear for me when it becomes my time. Please know I lived a good life, and this life was all mine. 
Know also that in the end, there was nothing you nor anyone could do. Please know for everything, I was always thankful for you. For when it is my time and I must leave, please don't be sad and don't you grieve, as my destiny was chosen a long, long time ago in a land far, far away. My fate being sealed since the day I was born, please take it as it comes and don't you mourn. When I met you, I knew you needed a friend, but also thank you for being mine too, even up until the bitter end. Life is bittersweet. We take the good, we take the bad, but always needing to be thankful for all the good times had. Life has many pleasures, but disappointments too, but carry on it must. I will forever be most thankful for you, and thank you for being my friend. My goodbye, a silent teardrop from your eye. My life was lived by the drop. Please don't be sad over me. When God decides to call me home, please know that it was my time to leave. Death being my final destiny, it will one day be for all of us. Please know I will be among the angels when I do hear God's beckoning call. For in this game of life, like I, the tri- chips will always fall. Know that I love you. That is all. Hello there, my old friend. The end. Beautiful. You know, I have to, I, I was listening to that, and you, you referenced it a couple of times where you said, um, I love the line. First of all, I love the line. We are students of our own experiences. Mm-hmm. That should be a bumper sticker or that should be on a t-shirt that in itself, <laughs> that in itself is a super, super powerful line. You know, we write a lot in our lifetimes that every time, every once in a while, there's a gem. And I think that is one of your gems that needs to be written separately in its own file in a file entitled bumper stickers and t-shirt ideas. Because that that is that is a good one. We are the students of our own experiences, which means we need nice. to be learning every step of the way in our lives. That seriously, yes. I'm not even kidding you. I would buy I would buy a coffee cup with that on it. And I don't even drink uh-huh. coffee anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's because we learn. Like every life is learning. You know, even if you're 83, you've probably learned something every day. So I believe in that. Maybe we could publish a series of Speakeasy Cafe bookmarks with quotes from you guys on them. That would be and cool. make them make them downloadable for everybody, and they could just download them on their own paper and cut them out and have. Let's do that. All right, that's your and my project. All right, <laughs> that would be cool. That's you something you and I are going to work on together. We're going to de- we're going to design Speakeasy bookmarks in sets of twelve, and that's going to be the first one that we're going to do. Nice. So don't let me forget. Email me and we'll keep on top of this. Okay? Sure. Sure. All right. <laughs> cool. All right. What's your second one? Um, that's the only one I have um, for now. Oh, all right. Well, then think I of don't... another one and raise your hand again. <laughs> I can do that. Aww. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can do that here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're having fact, issues with the line, I, so I don't want to let the people go. <laughs> yeah, Um, I'm trying to think. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have one right in front of me. I have the wrong notebook and stuff, so, but that's fine. That's I'll okay. just, um, just press one, and that takes you out of the lineup. Press one, and it puts you right okay. back in. So you to just come back. Okay. Again. Yep. All right. Okay, I can thank do that. You, oh, thank you. Yeah, bye, 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 honey. Bye. Next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Again, how are you doing? This is Brother Online. How are you doing? Indeed, it is, Brother O. How is the world treating you, my darling? This is good. Everything okay. 
We'll take okay. Okay is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With you think everything that's going on in the world, I'll take okay. Oh yes. Chaotic blood first, but still, 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 still good. So, what did you bring us tonight, sweetheart? <clears throat> this is one of my stable poems called "Racism Is Very Much Alive." And well in America, there will always be people who will discriminate against you because your race, skin color, your ethnicity. Is there a mighty ignorant racist? They disrespecting Barack Obama for questioning his qualifications, citizenship, and leadership ability. They calling them everything except the N-word. All because they were mad because a brother was in charge of the White House for nearly eight years before the circus clown took over. A perfect example of how racism is still alive and well in America. America, the so-called land of opportunity. The so-called melting pot full of people represent from around the world being sole intentions of embracing and looking past our differences in an attempt to improve race relations here yeah, racism, racism is very much alive in one America he said that slavery was just abolished 155 years ago separation and segregation were our laws during the civil rights movement you know, we have made tremendous progress. Reality is, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Racism is very much alive in the world of America. Educated food from uneducated schools talking about racism is a relic from the past and trying to convince you and I it no longer exists. These folks are in a fairy tale world living in a million miles from reality because they can never fully understand our experience in this country because of white privilege. Racism is very much alive in one America. The Donald Trump and his administration waging all our war to take back all the gains we so hard for, getting rich. At the expense of the poor middle class, attempting to restore the policies that were in effect during George W. presidency and trying to go back in time to the Jim Crow era and the status where the status quo was enormous. They cut the social programs like Medicare and Social Security and attempting to repeal health care for was 75 times. They tried to take our rights away as as a people. Racism is very much alive in America. They said promoting getting our college education, these good the good old boys building up prisons to lock up our young black men in record numbers and begin the transformation into permanent physical middle slaves. The racism Instead of showing positive images of us, the crooked and corrupt news media is showing images of our young men as thugs and criminals on rap videos and the evening news. 
and our young women are portrayed on as drama queens of reality TV shows. Racism is very much alive in one America. Trigger happy police, the lazy profiling brothers and sisters for driving while black in a nice name in a nice car or in a nice for treating the criminals. Guns and drugs, make a wrong move, and they will either shoot you or choke you first, then ask questions later. Racism is very much about one America. The criminal justice system exposes the real truth of how America really operates. See, blacks and whites play by two different sets of rules in the court of law. If you're black, you automatically you automatically guilty to prove an innocent. If you're white or rich, you're automatically innocent until proven guilty. Crooked judges, juries, and prosecutors convicting us on trumped up charges or fairly sentencing us to lengthy prison terms. While rich and white, while the rich folk get out on bail, trust to spend the sentences, again, probation. Dear brothers and sisters, it is a shame that even in 2020, I still have to do poems like this because in my reality is, the black man living in this country, racism is very much alive and well in America, in poems. Incredible. Lots of words of wisdom in that one. Do you want to read a second piece while you're on, sweetheart? Uh, no, I'll just read that one. Just the one? Okay. I always ask, because right. one of these days you might say, well, yes. Yes, I do have a second poem, Nyla. Right. <laughs> it could happen. Yes, yes. Yes. I'm not All right, tonight, just one. <laughs> All right. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. <clears throat> to those of you who, who are not familiar with me, I can be found on Facebook on Omar Brother O'Gadden. And uh, I post original quotes, uh, poems, and uh, and I have a lot of, a lot of good things going on right now, including uh, the nominated again for overcoming the year at the National, for the National Spoken Word Awards, which will be September 5th in Chicago. And uh, I'm a co-host of Voices Behind the Pen every Monday night on the Poetry Radio Network on TalkShoe.com. So, so connect with me and check, check me out. And as always, thank you for support every week. <laughs> You're very welcome, sweetheart. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being such an important part of our family. Hey, now I'll be back next week. We will be here. We're always here. Thank you. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Talk to you soon, honey. You too. Bye-bye. All right. I just got an email reminding me that this is the first show of the month, and I'm supposed to read a piece tonight. So while we are going through some of these calls, I'm going to try to find one because a deal is a deal. Um So... Yes, I remember now. Thank you for reminding me. Our next caller comes from area code 951. 951, you are on the air. 
going on, Nyla? Hi, sweetheart. Wow, you're here. Er- wow. Wait a minute. I think the earth <laughs> moves under my feet. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're <laughs> funny. You brought all the jokes with you tonight. <laughs> yeah. Introduce I'm yourself. I'm really busy right now. This is Eric Vaughn. I also go by True, the poet, or True. Mm-hmm. But um, my tagline's on um, Instagram, YouTube, dot, 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 are True, the poetic. But, um, yeah, I've been writing a little bit lately. That is good. And I do that. That makes my soul happy. <laughs> Save that for until you after you hear the piece. You know. Okay, all right. I reserve my opinion on your poem, Mister. <laughs> we'll see how true the true is. Go for it. Hmm. Always that. I did end up putting this uh, newest piece into my um, my poetry collection, and I think it's ready to start sending out. So I'm excited about that. Still trying to figure out how do I get attention, the attention of publishers. In any case, this, well, let me just give a little insight. So I worked at Amazon on the weekend, and um, as part of their contribution to keeping employees safe, they've started implementing many, many social distancing guidelines, uh, one of which is um, we, uh, we have to wear masks. The thing is, it's very difficult to breathe and, and, and do the job. So I pull it down from time to time just to enjoy oxygen because, you know, I remember how that was. And um, But if we take the mask off and safety sees us, then we can get written up. So, anyway, that's one of the things that went into this poem. And then also the way that people are so kind of timid around me. The looting within meets the burn without. There is always a river, Denez Smith, for George Floyd. The day after the latest riot, 210 westbound, the curve between home and the job is littered with cars, busted, broken. The last up on cinder blocks with no wheels, the way they always are in movies. Amazon requires we wear mandatory masks, although they recycle what waste we exhale. Protection is now anything that covers the chin, nose, and mouth. Remember, if you can talk, you can breathe. White men are soft in greeting me today. I say hi and notice. They watch me for much longer than is comfortable, as if waiting to see whether my breath will feed flames into their tender lungs. And suddenly, the bandana I've worn for the last month seems so much a brighter red. 
and with every black man who passes me. I lock eyes. This extended glance says, you ready to burn all this shit? A casual upwards nod answers. Hell yeah. Just say the word. And that's where that one ends. Wow. That is really powerful. Okay. I am very excited and happy and blessed by the poems you bring. I can say it now, right? (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I miss you when you're I not around, it. Eric. I love it when you're able Sometimes to make your way I here. Have to, I appreciate that. It's it's it's. I'm, I've said it before. You make people feel welcome, and it's good to feel welcome. Um, it's important to feel. As a matter of fact, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's one of the basic necessi- uh, one of the necessities of life, on the way to self actualization. But. Um, Sometimes we have to take care of ourselves, and if I if that if that means I have to be absent from the world for a bit, then uh-huh. you know I take that time as necessary. You know, this is this is family. You know, families love unconditionally. You are a member of this family unconditionally, and it's okay if you have to go out in the world sometimes and and do things. And you're not here every week. I'm not like that demanding girlfriend. I don't need you to entertain me. You know, that's not your guys' purpose here. Hmm. Your purpose is here is to come home, unwind, plug in, get fed, be nurtured, enjoy, breathe. You know, so even when you're not here, you're still here. You know, you're, this is, this think, is, yeah. yeah, you know, there's always, you're just, you're always here. I'm not going to pretend like I haven't had a few demanding girlfriends because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am the best girlfriend in the world. I am so not demanding at all. Must be nice. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> it's awesome. I've been dating myself for years. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Lucky, yes. Lucky you on both ends. <laughs> yeah, I don't get jealous when I flirt with someone else. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, I do want to mention a couple of readers ago. Um, mm-hmm. maybe three readers ago, he had a line that you enjoyed um, and it has something to do with traveling light. Do you remember what that line was? Oh, yeah. Let me grab it real quick. Something about we can go the distance if we... Mm-hmm. Let me pull it up. I've got it right here. It is we can go the distance if you know how to travel light. Isn't that amazing? That's a great line. Well, in my head, I was thinking about um, uh, space and and a light speed as a measure of distance in space. So I was playing that that level of wordplay in my head. Um, But I don't know that that was deliberate or that was intentional. So that was just something that I appreciated about it. Run with it. Use the idea. I know, I absolutely know for a fact that Glenn loves inspiring people. So, you know, you yeah, don't right. plagiarize the sentence, but you can play with the idea and let him know. You know, if you write something to him, let him know. Hey, you inspired this. There's no greater compliment you can give a writer than that. So play I with it. I, oh, no, no. 
No, no, no. I believe the um, poetry Bible says uh, good poets borrow, great poets steal. So I'm not letting them know anything. Uh, he's still listening. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> he's on, he got no, your I, number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do we find you um, again, sweetheart? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm Joe Fazzoni. So my address from... is. 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue. You can go ahead and walk up and ring the doorbell anytime. Uh, no, I would not send Glenn to that door. Let me tell you what. That would not end pretty. You send anybody to that door. Oh, no. There oh, are please, send please send me. Please send me. I'm going to um, go ahead and stop along that line of um, <laughs> conversation just because I don't want to incriminate myself. I know who I am, and the rest of the world doesn't need to know that much about me yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, how do we find Did you want to read a second piece? I mean, if you like, I can describe I am insisting. insisting. All right. <sighs> Let's see. Can you do... They're both appropriate for what's happening in the world right now. One is more personal. The other one is more um, directed towards the, uh, the, the law enforcement community. Um, let's see. Uh, pick a number between 1 and 10 for me. Um, I am going to choose 7. All right. <clears throat> How to serve and protect, how to fear for your life. Be blue, be crisp, polyester press, hung heavy off a bright red raging, be mortal. Be lightning bolt hefted and hurled reckless into the beloved void, be father. Be rush of sour soaked breath, stealing a mother's candle glow, be remorseful. Be low murmur and snuffled titter and that nigger had it coming, be brave. Be too many for we who find frothy foam for your turtle dove flesh. Be honest. Be chorus of tired and rolling. Refrain, afraid. I was afraid. I was so. The end. Wow. I am so glad I insisted. Thank you. That was powerful. Damn. I hope this book I hope this book has a presence in the you know, significant presence in the world when it does come out. I'm still looking for I'm still looking for a home for it before I decide to I'm hoping I don't have to just put it out myself, but I'm absolutely willing to do so if necessary. I'm sure it's gonna be amazing. We need to keep us posted on what goes on with that. I'll do that. Awesome. All right, so, darling. Eric, tell everyone how they can find you. I am Eric Devon on Facebook. That's Eric with a C, the right way. Then D-E-V-A-U-G-H-N-N. That's my personal Facebook page. I am True The Poetic. Most of the places, Instagram, Twitter, uh, <laughs> YouTube, even Gmail. So 
I um, help people edit their books and format and layout and design and whatnot. So it's a little bit about me. Hope you enjoyed the poetry. Everybody have a good evening. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Appreciate it. All right. Good night. Good night. True the poet. And true he is. All right. So, uh, excuse me, 419, 419 and 815, you are not in the lineups. If either one of you want to come on and read, please press 1. And that will let me know to bring you on, Agent 419. If you want to read again, press 1. Area code 21, or excuse me, 815. Okay, I see you, 815, got you. Glenn, if you want to read again, press 1 to take you out of the lineup. Press 1 to put you back in. All right, let's go ahead and bring on area code 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, now it's Tamika Barnett. Indeed it is, my darling. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Good. I'm doing well. Um, I got one piece. Um, it's a fresh piece. Just recently wrote it. Um, I'm gonna change it up a little bit from what it is on Poetry Soup, but here it is. It's called the Cry, and uh, it's a little something about it, but I'll t- I'll say that after I share it. <coughs> The cry from songs of battle to chants of solidarity flow, the power of action everywhere we may go, upon eyes opening, good morning, walk through the door. Will this be the last goodbye? May this be the time of removing the mask among laughter mixed with the cry in peace. Laughter mixed with the cry. That was awesome, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, It was inspired, of course, by what's been going on, but also... Mm -hmm. There's a poem by Paul Lawrence Dunbar called The Mask, and then Maya Angelou came along one day and wrote her take on Paul Lawrence Dunbar's poem, The Mask, and added more to it uh, from the perspective of a a black woman going throughout her day. But when she laughed, she felt like she heard a laugh and it was a cry at the same time. Um, that kind of points to Paul Lawrence Dunbar's line in his poem, The Mask, where he said, with torn and bleeding hearts we smile. Um, so I'm I'm asking the question, is, is this that time where we're finally removing that mask and among that laughter mixed with the cry? So. Aww. I think it was amazing. Are you going to read a second one? No, that's all I have tonight. What? No, you can find an. We'll we'll wait. We'll find another one. We'll wait. (laughs) I have other poems, but that really is the only one that I wanted to 
bring on tonight, but yeah. So. You said we'll wait. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I know. <sighs> I know. I know I'm being challenging right now. That's okay. No. Just, just, just makes makes me want to cry. Don't do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> back next week but um no it's just, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to share tonight I've been thinking about some other things with liberation but it hasn't been written yet so and I just don't want to talk it out I want to let it marinate a little bit before I put it together so <laughs> all right all right if, if that's the way it must be <laughs> See, I'm trying to stall so I don't have to read. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whoever wrote you that email is not going to let you out of that at all, so you can forget that. Yeah, I know. I know, but it doesn't doesn't hurt to stall because stalling works, right? <laughs> you can try to. At some point, you just going to have to. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, tell everyone how to find you again. All right. Um, Facebook, Tamiko, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett with E on the end. Uh, Poetry Soup page, also under that same name, but the specific website is poetrysoup.com forward slash me. M E forward slash T A M E K O the number one and the number three. And I have some other uh writings and things out there as well. Timbook two dot com page, same name. Um, except with my middle initial added L. And um I think there's some other things out there too, different places. It's, it's I've been on the internet since '97, so it's it's some other things floating around <laughs> out, there, out there. So yeah, that's how you can find me right now. Um, don't have no books, but I've been writing some things in a notebook that I hope will become a new book. Um, so we'll see what happens. That is my that is my goal for this year is to finish to finish put not to publish but to finish putting together my book because I have been working on it for so long and I haven't done it and you know I just get I just get all caught up in things and it's like no I can't be doing that anymore. So that's that's my thing I'm working on too. Let's motivate each other. We'll keep each other keep each other motivated. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I've been just working on it since uh, actually since the beginning of um, like in March, and so I just designated a notebook to it and said I'll just keep writing and adding to it and. <laughs> This will be 
something eventually that I do hope I can go ahead and publish. I, I want to try that again, regardless of the uh, the the challenges that I've had before several times mm-hmm. with publishing. So, you know, it, it can be it can be daunting, but I, I wanna I wanna take another take another world with it and see what happens. <laughs> I know more now than I did during those processes, so we'll see what happens. So right now it's just about getting it out in the notebook. So Yeah. I'm sure you'll pull it together now. I'm looking forward to hearing your poem, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> You're welcome. We're all looking forward to it, aren't we, community? We all are looking forward to Nala, Alicia, <laughs> her poem, which she will bless us with before the mic go off tonight. So there you go. <laughs> Spoken in her own words. <laughs> All right, baby. We will talk to you soon, honey. All right. Good night. Awesome. Bye-bye, hon. All right. I need to check the lines real quick. We have 815-419 and 863 and 202. 202, your hand is not up. If you want to come on the air and talk with us tonight, can you press one for me, please? And that will let me know it's okay to unmute you. Otherwise, if you're just here listening, having fun, appreciate you. If you change your mind at any time, press one. I'm going to play a real quick track, you guys, so I can talk to customer service real quick and see what the uh, see what's going on with the lines. And I am going to play a piece for you to enjoy while I am doing this called Chesapeake Economy. Carrie Radinsky. Uh, No, this is by Casey Russo, Chesapeake Economy. Here we go. We'll be right back with you, callers. eyes on him every morning. He is five and a fistful of rocks, light collapsing somewhere beyond his irises. We play with the globe in the basement. It asks him locations of oceans and countries. When he turns away to play basketball, the globe repeats, can you find Africa? Can you find Africa? Oh, baby, Jamestown. The war tin cups could have brought you down, but your rifles bellowed in all the red meadows. This is what it's come to, these suburbs from Powhatan's factions. All these houses are identical siblings and their cars the telltale birthmarks. This house cluttered with televisions and cleanliness, the cupboard of perfume, a bathroom for every bed in a three-story duplicate mini-mance. 
My brother's hands are never empty. They penciled his birthday into their checkbooks. I used to sleep on a plastic-wrapped couch when I would visit my biological father in Roxbury Projects when he still lived with his mother. Tonight, he's probably filling the gas tank of his Escalade and thinking about the significance of A Dutch ship accidentally landed at Jamestown and traded 20 negars with the English for supplies. The first Africans paying the ultimate cover charge to get into the world's best nightclub. The man half responsible for my birth calls me white girl. He is a black Republican who owns things for a living. His wife, Annie, won't let her 18-year-old son drive her Jaguar through the hood because Baltimore's murder rate is too high, but she owns property there, and someone's got to manage it. One time I watched her yell, Hood rat! Get out trash! At a tenant from her throne in the Escalade like she wasn't embarrassed by her real hair, like she didn't used to throw down in Dorchester. two weeks worth of leftovers if we were in Maryland when the Caribbean woman who works for housekeeping knocks. Annie flung her index finger in the direction of what wasn't vacuumed the day before, offers the woman nothing but orders. That December they spent $1,600 renting a tent for a Christmas party chiseled out of someone else's Bible pages. Montego Bay, Jamaica, my cousin's wedding, Sidewalk men flat-backed on cardboard over a hundred degrees outside. The taxi is air-conditioned. Downtown, the fruit markets are bruised. Overripe. July. Carrington says, These people look like they're getting ready to die. Can you find Africa? I spend the week drinking heavily, staring at an unfamiliar ocean or watching James Bond and wondering if I am guilty. Annie speaks in a Jafakan accent at Miss Ruth. Our personal chef who lives on the resort full-time and tells the old woman, We're black. We like to eat. Oh, I guess you are too. We're African-American. Tells her, We want to take you back to America and have you cook at me house. 300 years back, there were black slaveholders nestled in the pockets of the South. No one much likes to talk about it, but they kept property too. call the Escalade bootstrap. He drives me to the airport while juggling two cell phones and pressing 80. Carrington is silent in the back seat, placated by the video screen hanging down. I want to ask about my grandfather, the one who was murdered for four dollars and some change. He was a successful man who drank too much. The scenery flies by and thins out. I am silent. 
where the trees go. Hey, where's the new There's a boy in my fiction class whose gaze slides down every girl's sundress. His eyes are full of kleptomania, as if he's already planning what parts of their bodies he would steal first. I watch him as he does it. I know when he stares at me, my heartbeat turns pouring rain against my chest, but sometimes my gaze slides down the same girl's sundress, and I wonder what she tastes like. Don't ask her name, but wonder how she'd feel cupped in my palm. Sometimes I describe my breasts as apples, or grapefruit, or melons. Treat my body as something to devour. Name it as if its only use were consumption. I've been learning this for years. My body silver platter just for their enjoyment. So sometimes I forget that being prey doesn't mean that I can't be hunter. And then it's Saturday. And I'm with my best friend, our bodies numb with alcohol, and I'm straddling her. Our clothing shed like a snakeskin trail from my couch to my bedroom, and most of this night is a blur. Hands, tongues, breasts, breasts, our bodies nodding together like ivy. This new flesh that is so close to my own. We ask, is this okay? Is this? Okay, is this okay? And we spit the words out too quickly. Neither wanting to be the one left holding on, the one who forgets to fill the space with permission. So, when I black out that night, I don't worry. I assume my lips have carried out their script. Assume I know what trespass feels like. I would have stopped before I got there. But I've been learning this for years. My body feasts. Her body feast, my body never the knife that carves it. I may not crack the bone, but I do drink the marrow. Sometimes it's so sweet that I forget the violence is still mine, so I don't text my best friend in the morning. I don't wonder if my breath left scars. I check under the bed every night for monsters, but never the mirror. Not because I do not know what lurks, but because this beast is a part of me I don't know how to kill. Believe me, I've tried. I only masturbate to the thought of straight boys and I've stopped talking to cute girls at parties and this is not a fear of wanting them, but a fear that I don't know how to love anyway but devouring, but I'm still staring at the sundress and I still haven't texted my best friend and no matter how gently I hold her hands, I'm scared. I still have claws. That piece was Cassidy Frost with the knives that carve. All right, let's go ahead and get back to our callers. Let's bring on area code five. Are you with me? Yes, Marilyn, it's Gina Storm. Hey, Gina, how are you, my love? I'm alive, and that's enough for today. It is. 
Today is the present. I'm celebrating my gift. Are you starting to read or is, are you just telling me that? Yeah, that was just, you know, you were asking people how they were. <laughs> and I said, today is the present, so I'm celebrating my gift. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forget. My conversation is poetic, right? <laughs> so the 212 that's listening is King's Cadence. Shall I bring him on with you? Um, Sure. He may not have a piece to spit, but I know that he's here in support, and I appreciate him. And that's 202, you said? Uh-huh. Okay, let's go ahead and grab him. Are you with us, darling? Yes, ma'am, I'm here. Um, like Are you like our king? I'm, I'm well, I'm well, and you're so Doing good. I'm really happy that both of you are here this week with me. It's my pleasure. Um, like what we said, I really didn't um, have a piece, but I'm definitely here, you know, in full support. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I say this all the time, and it's true. This is no ordinary love. I couldn't do what I do if there were no him, so I'm grateful. You're welcome. Just kind, of, just kind of letting the two of you go. I'm just going to sit here for a minute, okay? Okay, so I'm going to keep style of peace. This is a memory poem that I wrote on June 4th, 2017. I titled it Spirit Filled. There's a picture of a gas tank, and the E is to the left, and the F is in the middle, and the caption says, I am spirit filled, because the line is in, the red line is on the F. And I titled this piece simply, Spirit Filled can't read it like I wrote it, so I'm going to keep it all around it. Spearfield. My soul is at ease. I'm happy with the woman that I've become, and I live as I please. I'm loving me and embracing my destiny. His spirit fills me, heals me, gives me the ability to see. I'm blessed and not stressed. I'm living in the light, and I'm trying to live right. I'm not perfect, but I'm better. I'll praise wherever. It doesn't matter. I want to eclipse who I was, continue to grow in love, praising the whole way. I cry, I shout, I pray. Prayers allow me to accept his will, discernment in this great life, and to accept the skill that he's given me. I'm stronger than my struggles, and I rise still. I'm thankful for the life that I live because I need you to understand that I'm spirit-filled. I'm Dina Storm. Thank you for indulging me in peace. Oh, it was so rough. I don't know how we could do it. Oh, what I don't know, King. What do you think? It was amazing as always. You do your thing, babe. You do your thing. All right. Um, I want to do a freestyle too, if you don't mind, because I know you're asking for two pieces. You don't want to read tonight, but you're going to have two anyway. So I will sell you a little longer with a freestyle that I'm simply going to title, Don't Bother. I live in the home that was previously the house that love built. See, my stepfather had this home in his family before his mom and I met. They moved here and lived here together happily 17 years before he was laid to rest. And he rests in peace, and I miss him every single day, and I know she does as well. 
See, there's no man here at our address to do all the things that would need a man's skill. A week ago on this very day, a friend of mine, I'm using air quotes when I say this, stopped by, and he cut half of our yard, which is half an anchor. If you go to the side, half a yard was cut and the other half not. It's a week later, and we've had rain on several occasions since then and now. The city of Joliet, where I live, came and cut the adjacent property to that half acre that belongs to Mommy and me. And now we have the ugly yard on our block, you see. And I was going to be angry, go outside on my phone and go on Facebook Live and spit all this venom and tell him what I felt about him while I solicited a landscaper. And then I heard a voice in the back of my brain. I don't always listen to that one. And I said, hush, don't say anything. Sit down and be still. You don't have to bend and yield to other people's will. He probably wants this angry black woman that lives inside of me, but I wouldn't. Not today. I couldn't concede. I have to keep on shining bright and be who I was destined to be. So I didn't. I didn't worry. I texted my brother, and he is a landscaper who came by and did the yard a couple of weeks ago in a hurry, and I paid him in cash, had no change. So the tip that he got was $10, and he used that as a credit. He said, we came back, I only owed him a dub. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's love. We have a large yard. You have to use a riding lawnmower, one that you stand up for. We have one that's so prepared with a bag that cuts the grass and then picks up what's been cut. I don't understand all the dynamics because I'm allergic to grass just standing still in it, you see. Yard work isn't for me. My mom can't sweep or vacuum inside of the house. So at 68 years old, I wouldn't expect that from her. You see, I'm just going to sit here and ponder over the night. And when the landscapers come back tomorrow, I will do what's right. I will tip them an additional $5 because I need a job that's done right. So if you say you're my friend and you're going to come over and half-ass a job for me and my mom, this is my advice to you. Don't bother. In peace. Wow. King, you comment first. Yeah, um, I'm gonna reserve my comment because how I feel about him, you know, it's just it's disrespectful. If you're not gonna do it, then don't do it. Um, beautiful piece, baby. Um, very well articulated and amazing freestyle as always. Thank you. I was furious. So look at me. I didn't even use any bad words or have to curse. <laughs> Gina saying a potty word what? No, I don't think oh so. my God! I wish you knew me offline. <laughs> All I do is swear. My favorite thing to say is just when I'm on the air, though. We're poets. You should have a vocabulary. Use it daily. If you have to curse, it's because you're not using your imagination. You see, if you're going to have to use vulgarity, it's because you didn't even try. Trust me, there are the words you can use. I don't like to hit people and hide my hand. That's why I don't cuss online. I'm just going to stand here with my hands in my pocket and the good girl out of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, now we're going to have to follow you around with a secret camera because I'm going to get it on film somehow. Oh Actually, no, God, I'm not. That's horrible. like saying I'm, a, I'm admitting to being a stalker, so you can't know that. So I'm still going to do it. I'm just not going to tell you that I'm not going to do it. Just don't tell me you're doing it. Trust me, when you catch me, don't even be like, oh, my God, the language. Yeah, girl, I told you this in there. Oh. I mean, I'm talking about exclamation point. 
we we all have a darker side, you know, and that's why. And this is going to sound kind of funny, but I always said that when I die, I want my ashes. First of all, I don't really want to be cremated because I want to have like the whole, you know, tombstone thing that people come and sit by and leave. You know, I want I want that, but at the same time. And and in like in you know five hundred years, I want someone to dig me up and find my bones and look at all the stuff I have stuffed in my coffin with me. You know that would be really awesome. Whoa. But at the same time, I want to be cremated because, and this ties back into what you said. You know we don't get to see you cuss. We get to see as much of you as you allow us to see. So the Gina that I know is not the Gina that King knows. And that is not the Gina right. that your mom knows or your sister knows or your best friend knows. Because we right. all know right. if we were all to sit down and write a poem about this is Gina, you know, if 10 people were to sit down and write a poem about this is Gina, we would get 10 different poems because we, we all have a piece of you that nobody else has. And so I always thought, you know, when I die, I want to have like my ashes divided between everybody so that they can have the piece of me that belonged to them and they can go say goodbye to me however they wanted to say goodbye to me. But then I still want archaeologists to dig me up in 500 years. So it's like it's. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't know what to do. It's a mixed bag. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's just pray you have many many decades to ponder it. <laughs> they can leave my head in there like in Hamlet. That'll be that'll work. Oh, I'm so. Oh. What is wrong with me? Who thinks stuff That's like this? That's a Walt Disney look. I can't even with you right now. <laughs> look, ladies and gentlemen, Fluffy I don't bunnies, know what happened to my look. Look, but I, I'm Gina Storm. I can be found wherever you can find King's Cadence. Together we're Storm's Cadence. We're on YouTube and Facebook. He's King's Cadence, spelled creatively with K. Get his book, The Cadence of Love. It's our love story, among other things. Uh, I'm Gina Storm, spelled G-E-N-A, like the inclement weather. I can be found with him everywhere that poetry can be found. And you can find us here every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I am very grateful for that. All right, my little lovebirds. Keep safe out there. My heart is with you guys. Love each other and write and then read it to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. One mic. Good night, King. Thank you, Gina. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Oh, I go off on such weird tangents. Welcome to my brain. All right. Go ahead and grab. Oh, we have area code eight six three eight six three. You're on the air. Love each other and write and then read it to us. God, do I sound like that? Eight six three. It is your turn, and I'm going to sing to you. Uh oh. Hi, Noreen. Um, hello, Nyla. How are you, sweetheart? Okay, I'm doing okay. Okay. Oh, and a, and a poem I have tonight for uh, Gary is um, called A Death. Okay. One, one death, a heart stops. Someone is sad. We shall gather round to bless and bury him. Life goes on. We cannot stop. We comfort the sad for a year. There's still a lot of life for our friends. We love, yet some don't know it, till a death. The end. Aw. 
That was a great one to pick to read tonight. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And um, and I I don't know um, uh oh, Marcia Nelson. I don't know her, but I still I give her give the um give you all her um my condolences to her and her family. She, I mean, you know, I I knew her a long time. I I knew her from back in MySpace days, and uh, wow. she's just an awesome lady. So thank you. I appreciate that on behalf of okay, her family, welcome. everybody. I, we appreciate that. Okay, you're welcome. And 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 um, tonight I have um, I did my homework from last week. It was um, a poetry prompt called "Be a Thorn." Title is "Be." I don't know how good it is because. I haven't read it to no one, so I don't know. Okay, I did a little bit of editing to it. It's called Be a Thorn. Okay. Okay, be different. Don't be a follower. Be a leader that everyone will respect, honor, and love. Be you. Stand up and be counted. Be a thorn in someone's side. Let that person know it isn't right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the bully. Be a thorn in the bully's side. Speak up and be heard. Speak up. Be a thorn without violence and abuse. The end. Wow, I love that. Be a thorn without violence or abuse. That's a really strong message there, Noreen. You did a great job with that prompt. Wow. Well, thank you. Wow. You are very welcome. Okay. It should come because... Um, it should come to me while we while we the show is going on. Really? Yes, I wrote in about ten minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you did a wow. fantastic job. You get an you get an A on your homework, love. Wow! Thank you. Wow. <laughs> You're wow. welcome. <laughs> wow. All wow. right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. do you want to read a second one of yours? Um, oh, yes. Okay. Um, I don't think I read this one. It's called Be a Friend. It's a, um, it's a breath double poetic form. Okay. It's called Be a Friend. Look around you. There's someone who needs a friend. And let it be you. Sit for a while and listen to him, for he might be on the brink you could be the one who saved him from hell. Give him moral support. Give him some guidance and be there. You would, you would, uh-oh. You won't regret it. Give him ink and paper to pour his heart out, whether it's in words or drawing. Go ahead and cry. Let him air out what's going on. And, 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 uh-oh. And now let's drink. To a new beginning and breakthrough. God God bless you, my friend. Now say a prayer. The end. Wow. That was beautiful, too. Well, thank yeah. you. Sometimes it's important to take our eyes off of ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, thank you. Yes. Because um, cause now since um, Gary's not here, I really don't have anyone to help me making sure it, it's, it's good or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Everything you do is good. It's from it your is? heart. It is. It's from your heart. Okay, thank you. And it's a beautiful heart and beautiful words. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome, sweetheart. Tell everybody how we can come find more of you and your work and Gary's work as well. Okay. And um, you can find Gary and I, you can find our works on Amazon. Our books is The Aura of Truth, Reflections of Our of our Inner Beings, and um, Two Hearts in One. And you can find us on um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot wix dot com front slash poetry and then you can um okay and then you can um find Gary on um re um Facebook dot com um reverbnation dot com poetry I mean poetry poem dot com and he's also Googleable and Googleable <laughs> <laughs> okay and and you can find me on reverbnation dot com Facebook dot com and poetrypoem.com, and and you can also oh and and um okay, you can also find both of us on um code-by.com, um and both of us and on under Gary and Norvin Snyder, and then you can um find us on um Facebook Live every Saturday night at the Poetry Club, okay, and I'm also Googleable and Googleable. Yes, ma'am, you are. <laughs> okay. And, and, All right. and I'm also, I also got a different, different new job now. Well, it's not really a job. It's just, it's just like a volunteer thing. And um, okay, and, and honey, um, got me to uh, to want wanted me to be her part of her street management team. So that is an honor when when honey asked me to do that. Oh, that's sweet. That's awesome. Yes. She's so amazing. I miss her. Yes, she, she doesn't is. get a chance to call in very often, but No. She's really busy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And very cool. And, okay. And oh and I wanna um thank all the um sponsors for sponsoring the show for the year. And I wanna thank you, Nyla and Michael Quigg and um uh Oh no, Christopher Ryan for um, hosting the show. So we been, we have a venue for us poets. So thank you very much. You are very very welcome, sweetheart, and we love you dearly. Thank you. Thank okay. you for being here. Okay. Thank you for having Gary here with us every week too. And we love you all too. All right, honey. We'll talk to you soon, okay. sweetheart. Okay, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. All righty, let's go ahead and grab Agent 419 back. 419, are you with us? I am here, Miss Nyla. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, I believe I'm good, although the one I was going to read just kind of disappeared. <sighs> okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay, I found it. Okay, um, so the one I'm going to read is called My Kaleidoscope Mind. And to let you know that every place I stay, I actually travel to. So it's kind of cool. I get to go back in my mind. (laughs) Um, The composition of my life is made up with my kaleidoscope mind. As thoughts of fragmentation spark my overactive imagination, leaving never a dull moment with a run-on sentence that never seems to end. Similar to life through stained glass windows. 
with crackles of sunlight and disarray. My thoughts appear as that of the eyes of a fly. In multitudes they ricochet, constantly combating one after another, and so I write for momentary relief. An ounce of freedom, hold on, I'm sorry, an ounce of freedom within myself to focus on the here and now. As I dwell further in my mind, oh, the many places I have traveled and the situations I have found myself in, including the River Jordan, welcoming my immersion, the land of the holy, where immortal felines touched my soul. From Maine to Georgia down the coast, my truck found me and my cat a home. Traveling down the shores, living on the road, and oh, the people I met to never forget, the journey to finding my soul led me to the islands of Peak, Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, Tybee, and Hilton Head, cycling the track of Provincetown, absorbing the beauty of the salt marshes. Then a graveyard in the outer banks I found where poetry was on every stone. Long live their eternal inscription. And the West, oh, how could it ever be won? In its pure heavenly form and complete desolation, where people are scarce and animals outnumber them. And oh my, the mountains of glory to the Most High. Praise to the Creator in his palace so grand to have even dreamt up of such a land, and not to exclude the 550 Red Mountain Pass, the lookout, the fear, the excitement brought me back to life, to feel again, the beauty of Seattle, Washington, the rainforest, the log that saved me, seeing the distance of Mounts, Rainier and Hood, Yellowstone with stampedes of bison, and Montana with elk so huge, in the storm of snow, traveling up to Polbridge at night, the gates were closed to Glacier National Park, due to the season. The best memory was a photo taking, heading east with the sun setting in the rear view. It was like leaving the past and beauty behind in the shadows of my mind, a memory vault. The image once captured now remains a photo in my mind. It's no wonder I ramble in a world filled with so much. Missoula, Montana, a day from Elk City, I chose not to remember. However, the hitchhiker in Idaho, my heart he did touch. Jesus died of a broken heart, give until it stops hurting. I felt he knew the depth of my soul, with the heartfelt loss of my husband taking his toll. So I drove and I drove and I will never stop. Road tripped it to Florida with my twin, keeping for my youth at the fountain. It was on Tybee where I found lifelong friends, twin Leandra the cutest and Devin oh so sharp, along with Debbie the artist day, who captures my life and heart and all of her work. Heaven forbid my heart belongs to the ocean, to the friends, to my healing, the tranquil calmness that comes out in me even as the waves ravish all that's inside, perpetuating my sanity in a world I cannot hide, in all God's glory to bring me back to me, looking through the world of stained glass windows, mirrors the thoughts of abundance that carry me with my kaleidoscope mind. And That was amazing. <laughs> it was a self-journey. I love the guy, the part about the guy in Idaho. We all have the a guy in Idaho. The hitchhiker, yeah. I gave him a copy of my poetry book. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. Well, it was so cool because it's like, he, he said that to me, but he had no idea about my life. I had no idea about his life. And it was just, it touched my heart when he said that to me. Like, I actually had tears when I walked in to drive my truck to give him a ride. So That is it, so it was, cool. It was really nice. A great experience, actually. But thank That's you. Awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Aren't you going to tell everyone how to find you again, my love? 
I post a lot of my poetry on um, Poetical Intrigue. It's on Facebook. My name is Shelly Gambino, and on Nyla's show, for the sake of argument, I go, Agent 419, those are my digits. <laughs> so Poetical Intrigue, not to be confused with political, Poetical Intrigue. That's where you'll find me. That works perfectly. That's where we will look then, darling. All right. Well, thank you for letting me be on your show. <laughs> You're very welcome. We'll talk to you soon, right. sweetheart. And you have a good evening. You too. Thank you. All right. Agent 419. All right. So as per our agreement, I'm supposed to read a poem. And I'm trying to pick that one. That one's silly. I'm just close that file right up. I'm trying to figure out which one to read because that's the deal. I have to read. I have to read a poem. First show of every month. Because that's what we said we would do. And so I'm looking through these. I'm trying to think. Now this is. I'll probably if I read this one I'd probably stumble. I've never read this out. In fact, it's not even done being written. It's one that I started writing about old typewriters because I love old typewriters. What else do we have here? Well, there's got to be something shorter than that. Did you guys go through this? And you're trying to figure out what to what to read. I've got, okay, maybe this one will work. I've got a series of poems that I wrote with my sister. Her and I would write poetry back and forth to each other. And Leela's an amazing poet. And we had like this secret world, this secret arcane world that we lived in through our poetry. You know, this secret bond, this connection that her and I had. And the, the constant theme of it was these ruins that was our secret place where we were safe together. And the first thing, I think the first one I wrote to her, this is just a little short snippet, and then I'll read The Birth of Aurora, which is my favorite thing that I've written for her. But this little snippet that started it um, was, in the ruins, I taught you to fly by fingertip weaving wind into your hair, decorating the strands with star flowers stormy kisses and ribbons of light cut from the trails the fireflies left behind. When you laughed, I filled your mouth with clouds and tickled till you swallowed their thunder. And when the wind lifted you, I have never forgotten how lightning danced in your eyes. So it was the first thing that I wrote to her. And then I wrote this piece called Birth of Aurora, the Aurora Borealis. It's called Birth of the Aurora place where arches frame the sky. They were ancient even then, the steps where we played amongst the rubble. Do you remember dancing with things we had no name for? Meet me there tonight. Let us meet there on the top of the pillar, the one we would sit on, the highest place we could climb. Do you remember the way I blew stars into your hair and kissed your cheeks pink? Do you remember how when you laughed it painted the sky? how the sound made it come alive, how it did glow and dance with your colors. That was for Leela. So there, I read, I had another one that I wrote for her 
called monozygotic. That one's kind of long. We have no callers. So I'm going to read you the other one that I wrote for her because my lines are down. And so we are going to just kind of wing it here for a minute. This one I wrote, and it was really cool because I always carry, I call it my laptop. I always carry, I have this 1909 thesaurus, leather-bound antique thesaurus book. And it's one of the three books that I always carry with me. And it's one of my favorite books to read. If I go somewhere and I have to wait for a minute, I just pull out the the thesaurus and open it up to pages and start reading words and learning new words that way. And I found the word monozygotic. And I absolutely loved that word. You're going to have to look it up, monozygotic, M-O-N-O-Z-Y-G-O-T-I-C. So that is the name of this poem. It was published in the 2011 issue of Cicera Poetry Journal, and it was written for my sister. In waking dreams, I know her. Her name, it is a sweetness I cup in my tongue like sugar held secret in a cherry blossom cradle. That is how I carry her with me. In dreams sleeping, I exhale her and be calmed whispers across amber waves into the lured topaz arms of even fall. Soft and airy she comes, the universe draped around her in sublime indifference, casual as threadbare linen. She is the enigma the succubal angelic portrait of all esoteric vices, all sapphic virtues. She is the true alchemy of all things incomprehensible, arcane gatekeeper to all that is nonpareil. She is all of femininity's personifications bathed in shades of indigo blue and ancient murmurs. Her glances, speaking in metaphors, engrave, engrave Kabbalistic symbols across the sky. Stars flock to her in nymphalectic intoxication, there gathering at her feet, bridging the way to her airy. Hidden in wait, she perches ablaze, an unrestrained expectancy cooing for me to follow. Beyond the foggy steps, past the far side of shadows, and then further still, higher than all of knowing, transcending beyond philosophy, surpassing orthodoxy. And that is where we'll find ourselves, each the other's eclipse, existing behind the eyes of a single breath, inside the white murmuring static of moonbeams. Unattended, we dance as sisters, wildly unbound, embodied in libertine voyeurism between the lines of poetry. So that is monozygotic, written for my sister, Leela. So there, there, you have my readings for the month. (laughs) <laughs> I upheld my end of the bargain. Okay. Okay. There we go. Let's close that one. We'll close that one. Yeah. All right. So we are still having some issues with the lines. I'm going to actually, let's see if I've got 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I've got a really short little workshop. That I could close the show with, since I can't get any calls on. It's Thirty-four. It's per. Actually, it's perfect. So this is a workshop that I did that I'm going to share with you. And so if you got paper and pencil, it'll be a fun little quick exercise at the end. Follow along. If you're while you're doing this, if you don't catch everything, then don't worry about it. Just you can come back at the end of the show, 
and listen and start and stop and do the exercises needed. And if you write to this, make sure you bring it back next week so that I can hear it. All right. Love you guys. Stay safe out there. Good night, everybody. And we will talk with you next week. Welcome to the Inkwell, brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. The Inkwell is a how-to show designed for writers to help them advance in their writing careers. So you've written something. Now what? That's what we're here to tell you. Now, on to the show. everybody and welcome to the Inkwell, a writing workshop brought to you by the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I am really excited about being able to do this tonight. I've been wanting to put these, this one together uh, for quite a while. And uh, so I'm really excited. We're going to have a couple special guests joining us in a little bit, but I'll get to that in just a moment. I want to make sure that you have everything that you need and ready to participate in the workshop tonight. So you want to make sure that you have, and I don't want you doing on this, this on the computer, please. Have a paper and pencil or a notepad, a, a spiral notebook, sheets of paper, whatever, and a pen in front of you because I want you to write this stuff down. Now, the way this workshop is going to be put together is we are going to be going step-by-step step through the construction of a poem. All right, so by the time the episode is over, you will have a finished poem. So I want to make sure you have a paper and pencil, all right, so that you can write down the instructions. Now, the way that this workshop is going to be set up is you are going to be, I'm going to be walking you through a set of instructions. And then when it comes to the time when you should be writing, we're going to take a minute and 45-second break, giving you time to write down the things that you'll be able to write down. But it's also designed so that you can come back and listen to it in the archives. So if you want to just sit and hang out and listen to the entire episode and not do the writing at this point, that's fine, all right? Because when the show goes into the archives, you can come back and go through step by step. And when we get to the music portion, you can pause the show, write everything that you need to write down, and then start the show up again so you can go at your own pace. That way you're not pressured to get it done in the minute and 45 seconds because in all honesty, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer than that. All right, with that said, it's going to be a really fun night tonight. I am really, like I said, I am really excited about doing this. It's one of my favorites to do. This actually comes from a workshop that I teach called Writer's Block is Just an Urban Legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't get you. However, there is such a thing as writer quicksand. And these are pits that we create for ourselves. We impose these unrealistic demands on ourselves as writers. When we don't meet them, we let our feet sink deeper and deeper into these traps. You get busy with life and you don't write a new poem for a month and instantly you blame it on writer's block instead of allowing yourself your humanity and realizing that life happens and that's okay. You have to remember you are always a writer even when you're not writing. There is no definition of the word writer that reads you must produce a poem every day. Another pit we create for ourselves is when we sit and stare at a blank piece of paper and get frustrated when this amazing poem does not pop out of our heads and spill all over the paper. Creativity does not always work that way. Sometimes it needs a primer. 
One of the reasons I give out homework, writing assignments, prompts, and exercises on the show is to put you out of your comfort zones and get you writing. Writing anything, it doesn't matter. It's to get you out of the thinking that every time you put your pen to paper, you have to create a masterpiece. And that's simply not the case. As a writer, you want to develop good writing habits. And one of them is to write something and write something every day. I said something, not necessarily a poem, just something. It's why I encourage you to carry a journal with you, carry a notebook with you, a notepad. Always have paper and pencil on you. When a thought pops in your head, stop and write it down and don't think, oh, I'll come back and write it later because you'll forget. You'll never do it and it'll be gone forever. Take the two seconds you need to write it down. What it does is put your hand to paper. And in doing so, it keeps that creative side of your brain active, thinking, working, creating. Think about a little boy who keeps running up to daddy with a baseball in his hand. Daddy, daddy, will you play catch with me? And the daddy's busy and sends the little boy off with a not right now. Every time that little guy runs up to him, it's always the same. Another excuse, and each time he is sent off, a little more crestfallen. Pretty soon, he has learned not to ask anymore. This example comes from a workshop I do called Stop Pissing Off Your Muse. There's nothing worse than your muse giving you the silent treatment. If you don't listen to this creative side of yourself, you become the daddy in this example, and pretty soon that creative side of you becomes less vocal. We blame that on writer's block when it is something we ourselves have laid the trap for and fallen into. But it's easier to blame our muses than ourselves, right? Breaking that cycle is the easiest thing in the world to do. How? Write. Write something. Write something every day. Anything. It doesn't matter. Put your pen on paper. Take a couple of moments to listen to your creative side. Think of that little boy. If Daddy had have said, son, I'm busy right now, and I don't have much time, but I've got five minutes. And for five minutes, he throws the ball with his son and then hugs him and says, Daddy has to get back to work right now. Think how differently that scenario would play out. Think what a different reaction he would have with his son. It's the same thing with ourselves. How we treat ourselves, the things we tell ourselves are important, is no different. You are the father and you are the son. And what message do you send yourself? If a random thought pops into your head, do not wait. Take two seconds and write it down. It's important. There are a lot of things like this that we'll be covering in future workshops. But in today's, we are going to do a poem workshop, where in the end you will have a finished piece. When you set your pen to paper, do not be the tyrant and expect your muses to perform on command like, like Salome doing the Dance of the Seven Veils. You know, well, we all know how that turned out, and it wasn't pretty. Instead, have things to do while you wait for the have – have different things that you can yourself with while you're waiting for that bolt of lightning to come crashing down from the heavens with that masterpiece that just seems to write itself. I mean, stop putting pressure on yourself, guys. And remember how much fun it is just to play with words, how much fun it is to have fun with them. And that's what we're going to do now. For this workshop, you're going to need a paper and pen, like I said. And please, once again, use a paper and pen. You write differently. Trust me on this. You write differently when you write on paper than you do when you type. You actually think differently. Writing on paper is slower. What you produce will be better. I'm going to walk you through eight steps. And for each step of this exercise, you're going to give at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. You can write more than six if you want, and I encourage you to do so. The more, the better. And the reason for this is when you think of a thought, the things floating on the surface are the easiest things to scoop up, the obvious answers. The more you write, the deeper inside yourself you have to go the more personal and the more emotional things you're going to find. The things that you write are going to be much deeper. 
So don't go for the easy answers. Push yourself to think harder. Close your eyes when you're answering these and think, visualize, smell, touch, taste. And you'll understand as I go through this. Really look for those deep answers. Don't grab the easy ones. All right. So I was told never to start out a poem with the word I because it immediately turns off the reader and it makes it hard to connect with a poem. And I really got to thinking about this. I mean, you know, know the rules and then break them, right? So how do we break the I rule? The only way is to write something so personal that the reader is pulled into the words and they can place themselves inside them. They become the I. You can only do this with very strong and emotional concrete imagery or very raw and emotional contact through the words. So once again, the more examples you write, the more of this strong type of imagery you will find. The more you write, the more deeply emotional responses to the question will surface. All right, so before we get started, we have two special guests who are going to help me with today's workshop. All right, so I am going to bring them on. We have Stan and George with us hey, tonight. Nyla. Would you guys like to introduce yourself to everyone? This is Stan from Alabama. And this is George from Michigan. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm really, really excited that you agreed to do this assignment with me and to do this workshop. You know, it's been fun getting it coordinated, but I have to tell you guys, you are just troopers because we've done this on pretty short notice. So I appreciate both of you guys being here. So Stan, I want to start with you. And I want you just, you know, for the sake of those who may be listening who have not met you yet, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about yourself as a poet before we get started? I sure will. Well, I am uh, a retired blue-collar worker. <laughs> Moved here to Alabama back in 1990. I was originally from California. Uh, I got into poetry just about maybe four years ago, and it has just pretty much basically become a very major part of my life. I've uh, been, of course, on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe, Spoken Word, also on World Poetry Open Mic, uh, Poetry in the Raw. Uh, when Sinister Spittle was broadcasting, I was there. Um, I'm a part of the Outlaw Poetry Group. Got a group out there called Friends of Word, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'm George. I spent 37 years in a, in a corporate office. Retired from there to relate. Then I, did, uh, I had the education to teach college. I taught history at a community college for 12 years and since then have retired. I didn't pick up poetry until about a little over two years ago when a local, when I saw the ad for a local poetry club in the town I now live in, joined up and uh, it's become like Stan, it's become a big part of my happiness. And I'm still learning to write. I had bits and pieces of writing over the years, but I didn't, uh, I didn't write poetry seriously in any way and, and I'm not, still not sure I reached the serious level but um, I am, am eager about it. I have a, a little uh, part of my Facebook is a poetry site and I'm also uh, entering a few contests and I'm a member of allpoetry.com and I'm eager to be here and I'm glad to be helping out with Alan Stan. Well I am really glad that you are both here and you know it's really funny because until we really started talking the last couple of days and getting this workshop set up I had forgotten how long the two of you have been writing and it really amazes me that you've only been writing for as long as you have because you both are exceptional writers and that's the reason I asked you to participate in this workshop with me. Both of you use very good solid concrete images and so I, I thought that 
you would do very well with this. And it was kind of funny. I don't remember which one of it you uh, I was talking to this morning, but I said that it didn't matter how long you've been writing. If you're a poet now, you've always been a poet. It's just taken you that long to put your pen to paper. So it doesn't matter how long you've been writing. You've always been a poet. You've always had the poet's soul, and I truly believe that. So you both are here with me tonight on your own merit. I think you're incredible writers, and I'm very proud and excited that you're going to be doing this with me. Well, I am too. (laughs) Yay, group hug. (laughs) Here we go. All right. So you guys ready to get started? Oh, yeah. I am. All right. So first, once again, we are doing a writer's workshop called I Am, and we're breaking the I rule. Don't start a poem with the word I. We're going to be breaking that rule. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each a question. There's going to be eight of them. And then I'm going to play some music, and while I'm playing the music, I want you guys to write down your answers to the questions. And you have to write at least six descriptive sentences, abstract thoughts, fragments of ideas. And don't worry about the structure, is because you can edit at the end of this later if you want to. The idea is just to get as many thoughts on paper as you can relating to the questions that I ask you. Once we're done with the questions, I'll be giving you the formula or the structure that you'll need to create the poem. Sound good? Okay. I'm on board. (laughs) Awesome. All right, so let's get started. So everyone have your paper and pen ready, and I'm going to give you guys the first question, and then as soon as I give you the question, go ahead and start writing. I'm going to play a piece of music that's going to last for one minute and 45 seconds. So you've got a minute and 45 seconds to write down as many ideas and thoughts and abstract ideas and all that good stuff as you can, all right? So to start out this with, I want you to think of we all have a place that we're rooted to. You've had a bad day or you've been in a fight with your girlfriend or you're just feeling a little antsy. It's the full moon. I don't know what. But we all have some place that we go that is very special to us, all right? I want you to think of that place that you run away to. And you'll see an example later when we get to the end of this. I'm going to use the example of the ocean. The ocean is one of the places that I run away to that's my secret alone place. I have a beach that I go to that's a pretty secluded place. It's not a real well-known or tourist attraction type of place. And usually when I go there, I'm I'm pretty much alone, and I can wander and walk and think, and it's my secret special place that I go to reconnect with myself. We all have a place for that. For some of us, it might be our backyard. You know, for some of us, it might be going to the mountains. It might be whatever. But I want you to think of that place that you have that deep emotional connection to. That's your place of solace, your sanctuary, where you go to re-energize yourself, where you run away to when the world's being mean, when you just need to have that time. Think of that place, and I want you to write that down at the top of the paper. I want you to think of that place, and I want you to write down all the things you love about that place, all the things that are important to you. Why does it? Ha- why do you have an emotional connection to that place? What is waiting for you there? What's waiting to greet you? What What is it that's amazing and special about that place that calls to you? I want you to write down everything you can think of to describe that place. So we are going to play our minute and 45 second music bed and starting now.
righty. There we go. Okay. Did you guys get stuff written? Yes. Yes, I get awesome. uh, five or six things written. Great. All right. For number two, the second question is, I want you to write down your favorite season there. All right. Write down all the things you love about your favorite season. And if it's like an indoor place, if it's the library or something, your favorite time of day, your favorite season, your favorite time of day, I want you to write about, you know, how the weather or the time of day affects it. Um, How does it make you feel? How does the things around it react? Anything that has to do with the season or the time in your favorite place. So you'll want to write down about six descriptive or abstract answers about how the season affects your favorite place, what it looks like, how does it feel, how does the weather affect it or the time affect it. All right? You ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Minute yep. and 45 seconds. Pencils down? Oh, it makes me feel like teacher. <laughs> Don't make me throw the eraser at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, I want you to imagine yourself in this special place. I want you to close your eyes and inside your mind, I want you to look around. Imagine yourself there. Look to your right and look to your left. I want you to write down all the things you see. Describe them. Describe what you see. What are your surroundings like? And remember, you know, use abstract sentences, abstract thought. You're not trying to create perfection here. You're just trying to get as many ideas down on paper as you can. So go ahead and start. So, yeah, just just write. Write what you can think of. Let's What's do it. there with you? We're on it. We're on it.
All righty. Are you ready for number four? Yes, ma'am. I am. <laughs> Great. So, again, and when I say close your eyes, there's a reason that I want you to close your eyes. When you're writing, if you sit there and stare at a blank piece of paper, you're staring at a blank canvas. You're, you're staring at something where there is no inspiration. But if you close your eyes when you're trying to imagine what you're writing about, all right, your brain will automatically do what your brain does and start creating images. All right, so when I say close your eyes, it's, it, there's a reason for that. Psychologically, human nature, is, our brains only work one way. So if you do this, it'll help you. All right, so I want you to close your eyes, and this is going to sound really crazy. I want you to close your eyes and listen. All right, if you close your eyes and picture yourself there, I want you to listen and describe all the things that you can hear there. What are all the sounds? Think about anything that you can possibly hear. Go ahead and start writing. Think about all the things, a ticking clock, the ocean waves, whatever it is, whatever you can hear, write it down. question number five that is are you there alone are there other living things with you now if you'll recall i already had you close your eyes and look to the left and look to the right and write down everything that was there but that's different if there's a living thing with you so is there are you absolutely alone are there other people around you is there a spider in the web in the bookshelf um i want you to write down if there's anything else living there with you, write about what's there, what's unique about them, how does it affect the place, how does it affect you. All right, go ahead and start.
That takes us to number six. And number six is, what do you smell? Close your eyes and put yourself there and write down everything that you smell. What are all the different things that are there that you wrote down earlier? What do they smell like? How does it all contribute to the whole? Like I talked about the ocean earlier. You know, so salt air, airbrushed on skin, the tart aroma of endless sun-bleached blue. You know, whatever you can think of. How do all of these things smell? Go ahead and start. Okay. Ready for number seven? Yes, we are. Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) All right, awesome. Number seven is touch. What do you physically feel? How are the things there 